This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! This is James Abar, creator of The Crow, and you're listening to The Two-Headed Nerd with Joe and Matt. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 457 of the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. My name is Matt Baum. And I'm Joe Patrick. Together, Matt and I discuss the week's new comics, news, rumors, and reviews from the safety of our underground pyramid that Matt and I are cursed to protect. Like that knight from Indiana Jones in the last crusade, you know, you chose Pomoli, yeah, that guy. If that knight had two heads and was a complete comic book nerd. In this exciting episode, Joe and I will put the hurt on 12 of this week's new comics during the Ludicrous Speed Round. Then we'll visit the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where we're going to wrap about our must-read comic picks for next week, amongst some dark ethereal themes, I'm sure. And finally, we'll yeah, open... I'm sure you'll the, think of something. Yeah. Finally, we'll open the phone lines to our cover-to-cover segment, where you nerds take over the show. So once again, it's time to trip the light nerd-tastic. Wow. Turn up your speakers, because I'm about to scream about this week's... Nerd! News. Nerd news. That was surprising, right? Yeah, yeah, it caught me off guard. Take it away. DC has announced Black Lightning, colon, cold dead hands. Black Lightning's colon, cold dead hands. (laughs) (laughs) Title of the episode, Black Lightning's colon. I love it. (laughs) A new six-issue miniseries written by the character's co-creator. This is great because I've made a bunch of jokes about regularity in here. (laughs) Tony Isabella. With art by Clayton Henry. I like Clayton Henry. I feel like Tony Isabella sounds like an Italian dude that played for the Blackhawks in the 90s. Um, and he was kind of a bruiser. Fact, he was a comic book creator that wrote comics in the 70s. Yes. Here is your solicit for the first issue, which like is him due and Dino out. Cicerelli were like real fucking problem. Wow. With November 1st. <laughs> Black Lightning is back and things are not the same. In his hometown of Cleveland, high school teacher Jefferson Pierce is a role model for his students. As Black Lightning, he's fighting to keep them safe, even as his city streets are invaded by local gangs with deadly super weapons. And wait until you see who their supplier is. We know who it is. It's Tobias Whale. Real world issues in a superhero world. Expect the unexpected. Okay, before we go along here, uh, I don't know a lot about Black Lightning. How close are we? to the original Black Lightning, to Rebirth Black Lightning. Like, where is this at? Okay, so... Like, the last I remember Black Lightning, he had two daughters, and he was part of the JSA. Sure, yeah. Uh, well, he was in the Justice League. Where was he? No, he wasn't in the JSA. Was he in the His Justice? daughter was in the JSA. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Lightning? Or her name was like... Thunder. Sto- Thunder. Thunder. And then right. he had another... No. Storm and Thunder? Lightning. <laughs> He had one daughter who was in the Outsiders, John Winnick's Outsiders. Thunder and Lightning. Thunder. Right. And then later they revealed his other daughter also has powers and she was in the JSA. And she was Lightning. She had like electrical powers. Yeah. Okay. But yes, so Jefferson She was also Pierce, black, but not Black Lightning. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> she was Lightning. She was black. She was Lightning, but she was not no, Black Lightning. she was black. Got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a really <laughs> stupid joke. Um, so yeah, this is... Um, Sort of a reimagining of Black Lightning for some reason. The last right. time we saw him... Was he ever a teacher? Yes. His, him okay. being a teacher was always part of his continuity. Okay. Um, in fact, when Lex Luthor became president, he became secretary of education. Oh, that's right. I remember that. So he was like one of DC's more 
established like older heroes, right? Not old enough to be in the JSA, but a little bit older than maybe like his right. contemporaries. He in had the been Justice around League. and he had aged. A he had bit. grown daughters, right? Yeah. College age daughters, and uh, this miniseries is like de aging him to twenty eight years old and removing the daughters. Not that I, that's not a deal breaker for me, I guess. But, but it doesn't make any sense because the upcoming Black Lightning TV show, he's older and has two daughters. But they've, we've already established that TV shows pay little or no attention to the comics until the comics go, that TV show's a hit. <laughs> no, and but, we should force that continuity. But in the here. TV show was paying attention to the comics, <laughs> and now the comics are saying, you know what? Never mind about that. <laughs> it goes both ways. So I don't really understand why they would bring the character back, like make a big deal of bringing the character back with his original co-creator. Well, we're going to get into that and in then the next just story, like, too. Like, what the hell are you doing, DC? Yeah, and then just, like, shit on its history. Yeah. Well, again, between the movies, TV, and comics, who knows where they actually meet, so. Uh, so Isabella is co-writing uh, Black Lightning's, like, classic nemesis tobias whale is going to be the primary uh, nemesis he's also gonna be on the tv show uh i i kind of loved the idea that dc had these older heroes like green yeah. arrow was older he was yeah. in his 50s or at least his 40s yeah at least 40s i would say um and then like they made a point of saying when when parallax when hal jordan brought him back from the dead and kevin smith's green arrow he was a younger body right but he was still like his, his mind was still old ollie sure like I just love the fact that he wasn't some twenty something. Now let me ask you, you know, this. badass. Is this another evergreen story like Nightwing: The New Order, which we'll discuss later on in the show? Have did they establish that, or is this firmly this is your Black Lightning in the DCU? I think this is in the DCU, but okay. I guess I don't know. So I, it's another new reimagined Black I, Lightning. I don't know because Black Lightning appeared in during the New Fifty Two, so. Right. Yeah, that's a good question. I guess we won't know if it, until it comes out if it's like connected. Because I will say the solicit and all the news we got about Nightwing: The New Order. I'm sorry, I keep citing that one, but they were but very. But that's like an Elseworlds. That's what I'm saying. They're explicit. This is not in continuity. This is part of our Evergreen Initiative, much like you know, The Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen, which is now part of continuity. So, I that's why I'm asking. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I guess I don't know. Um, DC's doing a really good job of muddying these waters. <laughs> well, and this is also the latest in a string of classic characters making a comeback. They announced Ragman, a dead man. Right. Uh, Again, a brand new Ragman. Right. Uh, and the demon is is coming back for a miniseries. But the demon sounds like it's very much Jason Blood and Etrigan. Right. Like, these characters are all still, uh, with the exception of Ragman, who like has a totally different name and everything. Right. These characters all still seem like they are the characters, just maybe minus whatever baggage right. they had, you know, with all the reboots. But And I honestly don't think, why couldn't we have a story with the Black Lightning we know as an older man and two younger daughters? Like, why couldn't we do that? Maybe he's teaching again. Maybe he went back to his roots and he wants to teach again because he's bored in retirement or something. He's still Black Lightning. He's right. still a big yeah. badass, I just, you know? I don't understand. I don't understand like the knee jerk. Like we got to have a hot young, yeah, um, uh, tetherless. Like he's got nothing weighing him down, right? I, like I just don't get it. Like it's okay to have different sorts of characters. Like yeah. I don't care if I have a couple characters that are married with Absolutely. kids. You know, like Black Lightning was a a cool character despite the fact that I couldn't relate to his life experience. Sure. So I don't know. It's cool that they're throwing Tony Isabella a bone. I guess. Yeah, we'll see. You know, old creators coming back and trying to recapture their heyday is a whole nother conversation. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I almost feel like we should have like 
just like the PGA has like the seniors tour, like DC should have like sure, right. the seniors section. Yeah, we like, can call a, it uh, your Neil Adams verse <laughs> and your right. Tony Isabella verse. You know, right, like go yeah. ahead. <laughs> In other news, it's directly out of the WB and DC. A film about the origin of the Joker is in development at Warner Brothers. (laughs) With none other than the hangover director, Todd Phillips, and Martin fucking Scorsese, according to Death. I don't... What? Phillips will (laughs) reportedly direct and co-write with Scott Silver. I don't know who that is. Me neither. And Scorsese is going to be a producer here. So he'll have some input, but... Mainly, he's throwing the money at the at the project. It's, yeah, but like if they're putting two names on a right. on a movie, and they're like, "Yes, this is Martin Scorsese right. presents the Joker." I don't care who's technically directing. So, it. Deadline reported this is intended to be a quote gritty and grounded, hard boiled crime film. You know what I would argue? You don't need the Joker in it then. Yeah. <laughs> the movie would be set in the early 1980s and be closer in tone to Scorsese's Taxi Driver and Raging Bull than any of the DC films to date. Does any part of that excite you? Does any part of that, like, look, I love Martin Scorsese. Raging Bull is an amazing film. Taxi Driver is an absolutely amazing film. Do I need a superhero in either of those films? No, I don't. I don't care about this. And from what it's, they go on to say, it's part of a new banner at Warner Brothers that would expand the canon of DC projects and create unique storylines with different actors playing the iconic characters. How the fuck are we going to explain this to, I mean, like right now it's hard enough to explain that different actors are playing the superheroes. Yeah. And right. they're like, not why related. is Grant, why isn't Grant Gustin in the Flash movie? Right. You know yes, what? Yes, I can't absolutely. answer that. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, am I excited? No, I'm not excited. Like Martin Scorsese is a wonderful filmmaker. Yes, I absolutely agree with all those things you said. Um, point number one, I do not need an origin story about the Joker. No. Point number two, um, they're having a hard enough time getting their actual connected universe off the ground. I don't really think it's a good idea for them to say, you know what? Here's our Elseworlds movie line. Oh, yeah. Here's our disconnected universe, too. Well, does that count? And honestly, dorks like you and I pay attention to this shit. But not too long ago, I can't even remember what creator it was. The, the, this woman was on Twitter talking about her mom seeing Captain America and then seeing Wonder Woman and fundamentally not understanding that Steve and Wonder Woman is not Steve in the Marvel movies. You know, like, now, that is funny and a falling down on mom's point, but you can see how fucking confusing this stuff can be. And now when we have to be like, no, this is not the Jared Leto Joker and it's not the Jack Nicholson Joker and it's not the Chris- Christopher Nolan's Joker, this is a whole different... We have five different Jokers on screen. Well, I mean, we've had five Batman, but... I get that, but what counts? There was a continuity that, like, this is the story of Batman or whatever. Well, this may or may not be the story of the Joker. This is another story of a reimagined Joker. This is not a good idea. Okay, now, to that point, like, I think people... I think the average moviegoer is aware of the idea of remakes. Like, sure, the Ghostbusters movie that we got last year is not the same as... a a remake. This is a different story right, but that I, may or may not count to another story that 
supposedly does count to the connected DCU. But I think they understand the the idea that like the Christopher Reeve Superman movies are not connected to the Henry Cavill Superman well, sure. movies. Sure. No, they get that. And the Michael Keaton Batman movies are not connected to the But you are trying to connect the Henry Cavill movies to the Suicide Squad and Batman and I guess Wonder Woman. Yes. Yeah, the difference between all those things that I mentioned is that they didn't come out at the same fucking time. That's the problem. Yes. That is a major <laughs> problem and how anyone other than like maybe a group of like ADD lunatics rolling around in cocaine thinks is a great idea. Not that people with ADD are lunatics. No, but when they take cocaine, they are complete lunatics. <laughs> you mix ADD and cocaine, watch the fuck out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't care about this. Yeah, I mean, and they're also, at the same time, they're trying to shove through a Harley Joker movie set in the Suicide Squad. Right. Uh, in the current DC movie universe, which I don't want for with holy Jared Leto and like no, no, yeah. like I'd rather have the Scorsese movie. Sure, give me the standalone Scorsese Joker movie if you must. Right, if that if that means we'll never mention Jared Leto as a Joker and Harley Quinn again, fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, give me that. I don't care, but n- certainly not both. Even if both were great, even if both are fantastic, all it's going to do is confuse the fuck out of people. I now, think yeah. chances are one might be good and the other, I'm going to say safely, no, it's not going to be good. <laughs> I do not need any more of Jared Leto and Harley Quinn. And what's her, I can't say her name. Margot Robbie. Thank you. And Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn in any kind of relationship. I don't care if it's good, bad, evil, funny. I don't want it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and uh, just like a funny aside to all this stuff that happened, um, the, the director of the solo Batman movie that they're making uh, Matt Reeves uh, went around telling the internet earlier this week that his Batman movie isn't even tied into the DC extended universe, yeah. which sent people into a frenzy. Well, what does that even mean? And because that's not what he meant. It's uh, he was trying to say, look, like it's a standalone movie. It's a right. standalone movie. It's about Batman. Right. It's not going to have cyborg in it. It's not right. It's, it's, just a Batman movie until they decide to make it a Batman Aquaman buddy film. But like that was his point. That was his point, and maybe he worded it improperly. Right. But like they're hanging on every word that comes from these people's mouth. It's like, well, you know why? Stop getting all boiled. Stop getting so worked about about semantics. You but knew what you, he meant. But do you know why we're hanging on that? Because every time Marvel has put out a movie, it all ties into the greater Marvel universe, and there's nothing to worry about. Right, but... Which just makes sense. Okay, the Guardians live in the same world as the Avengers. And Ant-Man uh, is also there, and he's going to be an Avenger now. And, like, it all yes, makes sense, and it flows into another story. They made know? three solo Iron Man movies that all connected to the Marvel movie universe that right. didn't have any guest stars in it. No, I agree, but there's no question in our minds that those stories exist in the same world. You're right, but if you're saying, I'm going to take a movie... I'm making a Batman movie right. starring the Batman that appeared in Wonder Woman, Batman versus Superman, Justice League, and Suicide Squad. It's not part of that. Like He did not mean it's literally disconnected. It means he's just telling a Batman story. Right, but because we're getting another Joker story that is completely disconnected, we now have to have that conversation Every time they announce a movie. Do we, though? Yes, we do. Can we maybe not? <laughs> I would love not Can to. we try not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would much rather never think about this again. All honestly. right, then. <laughs> Finally, Marvel has revealed their next digital-first comicsology-exclusive miniseries, Thor v. Hulk, colon, Champions of the Universe. The series comes from writer Jeremy Whitley. He created uh, the very... Uh, lovely indie book, Princeless. Oh, okay. uh, and artists 
Simone Buonfantino, Buon, Buonfantino, <laughs> and Alti Fermazia. Jesus H. I'm sorry. I love Fermazia cheese. Uh, Quattro Fermazia. <laughs> Uh, this is going to pit Thor and Hulk against each other in battle with the winner going on to face the elder of the universe known as the champion. Uh, Jeremy Whitley described the book. It's all about guys smashing each other, blah, blah, blah. We get it. Uh, my question to you, Matt, is uh, this book, the Immortal Iron Fist spinoff book. Right. Both things that are not happening in Marvel continuity. They made a big deal of this comicsology, like digital exclusive. Right. And so far, am I wrong in saying that it all seems sort of missable? It feels to me like they are dipping their toes in the water as part of an experiment to see what happens when they do this. But they don't. They are terrified to do it with anything that might actually take sales away from anything on the stand. Yeah, but you know what? You know it, what I mean? Nobody is going to jump into that pool if they think like the books are totally worth agree. a shit. I totally agree. And I don't mean to bag on Jeremy Whitley and his collaborators no, or Kari Andrews. That's, like, that's not what we're saying. But like out of continuity books, like the digital first books, Marvel already has digital first books. Yes. That they never reference. Right. They even come out in print. Yeah. But they don't mean anything no literally they're they are inherently skippable if marvel wants me to get excited about them finally saying you know what yes original digital content digital first exclusive here sure. you go you have to fans. take a risk you have to take a risk you need to give me marquee creators marquee characters and have it fucking matter yes i totally agree but it has what this to is, count this is corporate thinking yeah and what they're doing is saying if even a nickel rolls away from us, from the out of the comic shop, we're doing a poor job. We're, we, it's all about market share. We've got to get these I, books but, out. I don't, I don't get we, it. Like, if we were to take Secret Empire ten and say, "Okay, you read all nine. The tenth one's only well, on Comicsology." That would be terrible. But, but then it comes out a week later. It comes out a week later on the stands or whatever. That I think, in my mind, would be a way to see if this works or not. Then you're taking a chance. You're taking a risk, and you're still making your money on the back end, probably. If know? they, but if they said, "Hey, the next Marvel crossover." It's coming out digital exclusive. Right. It's going to be six issues. Yeah. They're 99 cents. It's only on Comixology. That's another thing. They're full price. But why are they full price yeah. when there is no print equivalent? Again, this is. There's no, they don't have to thinking. appease anybody. This is complete corporate thinking. And it's, it comes down to the battle of the market share that we see. That's why there's five different Avengers books and four different. Sure, right. It's all about how it's much real shit. estate you're going to occupy. And we can't yank any of those off the stands because we have to maintain our market share. And even, if, even though they don't even think about the fact that, yes, you would make money, if this works, you're going to make money. It's just in a different place. No. No, it's right. too scary. Yeah, you know? but then in six, <laughs> but then in six months, when the print version of this digital crap comes out, they don't make shit on it. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's already throwaway, right? So why they know not, it's it's a reprint, right? Why not give them a throwaway story to begin with? There's no risk, and no offense again, no like, offense to Whitley or however you say these other two people's last names. <laughs> no offense to them at all, but they're no one. They are not known names. They are not big names. So you, there's no risk. You know, to to borrow a, 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 some parlance that. Marvel's president has used these are not creators that move the needle exactly right and this is coming from two guys that are like diehard comic shop vets I'm saying if you want to build the digital audience if you want to reach a larger audience they're out there you need to make your digital offerings matter if it's right. going to work 
and you just have to yank that Band-Aid off. I agree. I would also say, or go the other direction and make something like all the back issues available. Make it all, not bits and pieces and parts. Well, and like, Strip it off and say, here is your huge Marvel you know, app with all the back issue shit you want to read. You well, know? and it's not like the, the presence of this digital only comic means that they have one fewer print comic to put out. They're still putting out 52 new print comics. But that is how, that is the corporate thinking. It's stupid. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. But, but you, I, like, you're shocked that a stupid corporation is acting like a yeah, stupid right, corporation. Yeah, right, yeah. I guess. <laughs> That's what you're shocked I about. guess. Silly me. <laughs> <laughs> that is the big news for this week. Let us know about everything we skipped or missed or got wrong, please. You can go to the big news section of the forums, or you can call us at 402-819-4894 every Saturday from 11 to 1230 and yell at us about how wrong we are about this oh stuff. Boy. And we'd love to hear from That's you. lots of yelling. A bunch of you called and yelled at us today. It was great. Yep. I loved it. It's about getting heated because we truly love this stuff. Yeah. That's why we get heated. Yeah. The hottest guy I know, Joe Patrick, posts the question of the week every week on the THN forums. I was just talking about those. THN.forums.boards.net. THN. Backslash. Nope. HTTP colon colon colon. Holy shit. <laughs> Joe. THNforums.boards.net. There it is. Joe, Joe Patrick, what is our question of the week? This question of the week is an oldie from the forums from our buddy Jim Kettnerd, who writes, Okay. Imagine each of the major comics companies could only have one artist to draw their entire line of books. Okay. Obviously, this is a hypothetical, physically impossible. Who would be your pick for the artist for each of these companies? For Marvel, DC, Image, Valiant, and Dark Horse. Cool. Like, who is the guy that embodies those companies? Cool. So, yeah, which one artist embodies any or all of these comic book universes for you as the fan? Pick one or pick four or pick two. Yeah, you know, if, you, know, if you want to talk about all four, get it done quick. I would argue Marvel, DC, Valiant, since everything is sort of like a nice, you know, continuity universe, fairly easy to pick someone. Image and Dark Horse are so different. Yeah. There's yeah. so much going on there. I honestly could not pick. I wouldn't be able to pick for those two. So my answer will be from DC... Valiant and Marvel. I th I think I have an answer for all of them. Okay. Not I'm not saying that the Image and Dark Horse ones are the best answer, but right for me as a fan. Fair enough. You can call the Ziggurat Hotline 402-819-4894. Leave a message there. You can also email your MP3 answer to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Please keep it short, about two minutes. We'll have to cut you off. We're getting so many calls. Yeah. It's getting kind of tough. The show is getting very long, and it's all I can do to keep Matt from just cutting half of it's it true. every week. It's true. And to be honest, the live content is our favorite because we get to interact with you. Yes, but we not all that. of you can call in live, I agree. so we appreciate you. Some of you are geographically handicapped. I understand. It's not just that. <laughs> Some of you just aren't available. Yeah. You know, and it's America first here. We're making America great again. Not Europe. Not Asia. You know, we're, we're bringing it in-house, damn it. Definitely not. Isolationist. Definitely not Canada. <laughs> If you need more than two minutes, go to the THN web forums. Join the other geographically handicapped listeners in wonderful discussion. These guys are great. They're heady. They're fun. They're, they're smart. They're geo-capable. There's no trolls of allowed either. Good King Brian Domingos, he will cut your damn troll head off like that. I'll tell you what. It's true. That guy does a great job over there, and we appreciate it. It's true. 
Hi, this is Editor Matt talking. Joe and I made some jokes about Hurricane Harvey before it had come to shore and wreaked devastation on Houston the way that it did. And I just want you to know that we're pulling for you guys, not just the nerds and not just the comic shops, of course, but everybody down there and anyone that's been affected by this horrific storm. And this ludicrous speed round is dedicated to you guys. And if you have any extra money, please... Throw it to the Red Cross. Throw it to any of the groups that are working to help survivors and get people out of there. It really is a mess, and they need your help. Anyone that donates to this show through PayPal this week, we're going to take the donation. We're going to send it straight to the Red Cross because Houston is profoundly screwed right now, and they need our help. We just want to do our part for the heroes that are down there doing the hard work. Houston, this ludicrous speed round is for you. Ludicrous speed! Go! Dark Knight's Metal, number one, from DC, 40-ish pages for four ninety nine. What does that mean? It means that the Diamond website said it was 32 pages, but it was definitely more than 32. Ah. But I couldn't quite tell you exactly how many it was. Okay. 32 plus pages, we'll call it. 40-ish. All right. <laughs> I wrote it right there. It's 40-ish I it. pages. I wish I could summarize what Dark Knight's Metal is actually about in just a few sentences, but I honestly think it's beyond me. Suffice it to say that creators Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are taking the book's name to heart and delivering a heavy metal romp through the hidden and sometimes forgotten history of the DCU. There are callbacks to characters that I didn't even realize I had been missing and some that I legitimately thought that DC would never mention again. No joke, there's a character that appears in one panel of this uh, issue that I was like, holy shit, I can't believe that they are showing that character. Really? Yeah. Uh... I'm not going to tell you because... It's a week old. Spoil it. Uh, it was the Will Payton Starman. Oh. The, the, Jack, the Starman from before Jack Knight. Whoa. Yeah, from the late 80s. Nice. It's high energy, fast paced, Silver Age style lunacy that ends on a completely unexpected cliffhanger. Now, I realize that all of that sounds like a rave review, but don't forget how I let off by talking about how I couldn't really describe the story. I already did. That's gone. Sorry. An argument could be made that Snyder and Capullo are sacrificing some coherent storytelling for big ideas and explosive moments. All of that said, I loved it. I can't wait to see all of the bonkers places that the story goes from here. I'm giving Dark Next Metal, number one, a bite. This is exactly where I'm at with it. I feel the exact same way. I finished it's, it and I was like, holy, it's what kind of what? stupid. It's kind of bombastic. Yes, and it's I kind of love it. <laughs> it's stupid in the best way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not over explaining anything. They're right. just like, it's weird. <laughs> Like, there's a Voltron. I, there's a Voltron. Why I, it's not? Like, it's Why like, not? Ah. Generations, Wolverine, and all new Wolverine, number one from Marvel. I don't know why they're listed that way, because they all had, like, nifty little subtitles on yeah, the covers. But, I know. Yeah. Regardless, it's 40 pages of 499. Sorry. Okay, yeah. I'm not certain, but it seems that we all just need to accept the fact that Generations is not, in fact, a Marvel U-shaking crossover, but just a bunch of random one-shots featuring your old favorite heroes meeting the new version I think we sort of, of said hero via time travel. I yeah, think, I think we sort of knew that. I guess that's where we're at. If you can get past the fact that there seems to be no direction in these one-shots at all, then writer Tom Taylor and artist Ramon Rosanas do a perfectly good job telling the story of when Wolvie met Wolvie. And it was fun, too. Old school Logan, who I admit to missing it's more... my favorite Nora Ephron movie. More than... <laughs> 
more than any adult should miss a fictional character, remarks on how much better Laura is at what she does. And she really is. I've enjoyed the hell out of all new Wolvies so far. And I can't say this wasn't a good story. It was. I just don't understand why this couldn't have been a great standalone issue of the all new Wolvie with the Generations tag on it, right? I'm giving this one a skim it, but only because I still have no idea what the point is behind these generation one shots other than just a one shot. You know, why not just do these in the issues and label them as generations? I mean, I think that's the strongest. I think that's so far the strongest criticism. Right. That I've come up with is that is that they're not not bad. No. And like I said, I reviewed the Jean Grey one, and I said, you know what? Sometimes a good story is enough. Sure. And I gave it a buy it. But why not just do that in the pages of whatever It read Xbox. like an issue of Jean Grey. Yeah. It could have just been an issue of Jean Grey. Yeah, all of them could. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Gotham City Garage, number one from DC Digital. 20 pages, 99 cents. Speaking of reprint stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is original because I read it. I read the digital version. Right. Uh, it's been decades since Governor Lex Luthor turned Gotham City into a modern utopia, saving his people from the devastation that made the rest of the continent a wasteland. But his city isn't paradise for everyone. If Lex's network misfires and a citizen wakes up and steps out of line, the Bat and his minions are brutal in restoring the status quo. So when young Kara Gordon, whose ride-along tech has never functioned optimally, rushes headlong into the freescape... <laughs> She's shocked to find Gotham City Garage, where new friends might become family if she lives long enough. So this is that comic based off of that statue line. Right. Uh, that is essentially just like, here's a version of Catwoman if she was a biker mechanic. Right, which is no worse or better than Marvel creating, you know, miniseries off of their variant covers. Yeah, yeah, right. No, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Um, however... This was actually a really pleasant surprise. Yeah, it wasn't bad. From writers Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig, artist Brian Ching kind of invokes Sean Murphy a little bit with Big the time. art. Big it time. falls just a little short of the artist, that, that artist's very detailed style. But I have to admit, it was much stronger and completely different than I was expecting. Like, I did not expect this dystopian future angle. Right. I thought it was a real curveball. I don't think I'll be following it all the way through to the finish, but it's less than a buck, and... The first chapter is worth checking out. I'm giving Gotham City Garage number one to buy it. This is more blue sky evergreen storytelling. It's just you keep throwing back to that evergreen thing, and it. I don't think that that I'm getting that, that I'm means getting what evergreen tattooed in old English characters above my belly. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mage, the hero denied number one from Image. I've been gushing about how much I love Matt Wagner's Mage since I saw this final chapter solicited a couple months ago, and I was honestly shocked at how quickly Wagner could transport me back to the world of Kevin Matchstick. The series takes place years after the last, and Kevin has a son with his main squeeze, Magda. The storytelling feels a little dated, and it comes off as... Classic, I'll say. Yeah, it comes off as almost an effect by Wagner, who's showing us the character who had his glory days 20 years ago, fitting into society as both the Pendragon and a father. Wagner is a master comic storyteller, and while I'm glad he's finishing Mage, I can't help but feel a little removed from the story. It's been 15 damn years since the last chapter. Regardless, it took me a minute to fall back into the magic here, but seeing that Kevin and Magda are still together so many years later was really great. Even though, much like King Arthur, I highly doubt Kevin Mashtick gets a happy ending, I liked the dated storytelling in retrospect. After I finished it, I went, you know what? That sticks with the tone, and I'm glad he didn't update it. I'm okay with it. I'm giving it a buy it. I'm enjoying this. I loved it. Like, it... 
I don't know if dated it is the word I'd use. He's Matt Wagner. He, right. He, but he doesn't always tell stories like this. I mean, like, if you go and look at it. But like, it felt like Matt Wagner. It felt, it felt like felt Matt like Wagner. Mage. But, but I'm saying it felt specifically like Matt Wagner's mage in the late 80s and 90s. You know what I mean? And I don't think he's trying to hide that. I think he's wearing it like a badge, and it works. Okay. Spice Seal, number one from Image, 32 pages, three ninety nine. Rich Tommaso makes some weird-ass comics. Sometimes I'm really into them, like the Tarantino-esque noir story of Dark Corridor. Didn't read it. Some are so bizarre, my brain can barely process them, like the surreal horror story of She-Wolf. Okay, did love that. Spy Seal is a bright, tin-tin-style adventure story featuring a cast of anthropomorphic animals that would make Stan Sakai proud. Journey into the thrilling world of international espionage as one of Britain's most covert MI6 divisions, The Nest, recruits a brand new secret agent to their team, Spy Seal. Oh, literally, Spy Seal. He's a seal. He's a he's a he's a uh, 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 seal. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. The story has a strong European flair. It's got a wonderful sense of whimsy and fun. It's brought to life by Tommaso's beautifully detailed art, but the art. It's also like deceptively simple, and we use that term a lot. Yeah, we love that term. It doesn't mean that it's like sparse. No. It just means that it looks very sparse. Easy. <laughs> it looks deceptively easy. Yeah. It, like um, it's it's like a lot of stuff conveyed in the fewest number of lines. Mm-hmm. It's not full of cross hatching or unnecessary shading. Uh, it's yeah, it's just really nice. Right. And minimal. Well, it's not minimal. It's, that's different. It's easy. Okay. Anyone can do it. Shut up. <laughs> I really loved this issue. The man has no talent. <laughs> I'm excited for more, and it seems like Tommaso is having a lot of fun with the concept. Spice Seal number one gets a huge buy it. High five. Fight Club number one from Boom. It's 32 pages for $3.99. If you loved the late 90s cult film Empire Records like I do, then you will love High Five Fight Club. But for slightly different reasons. None other than RuPaul's Drag Race director, Carly Ooston, right, is introduces yeah. us to breakout artist Nina Vecueva. I'm going with that. And they tell the story of Chris, a young teen girl in 1998 who recently got a job at her ultra-cool local record shop. This was back when working in a record shop was the coolest job in the world. Mind you, I know, because I worked at a record shop in 1998. And yeah. It was fucking awesome. The story, and I was a huge music prick to everybody. The story is almost saccharine sweet at times, but it's also irresistible. The record shop is run and operated by a group of girls that also turn out to be vigilantes. Yes, it was hyper cute and updated for modern sensibilities and probably aimed at a specific feminist nerd comic readership. I agree. But Hi-Fi Fight Club was also just a really good read with excellent art. I really like the Quaver's art. She has a manga-esque soap opera quality to it. Not so much superhero, but more of the slice of life kind of manga stuff. Totally works here, though. Giving it a buy. Songs for the Dead from Necromancer Press. It's 36 pages for $2.99. It sounds much more metal than it, it actually really is. It really does. <laughs> Necromancers are treated as second-class citizens in the kingdom of Avalesh. I can't stand those jerks. With a history of violence, conquest, and general evil deeds, it's a stigma that could, at best, get you kicked out of the local tavern and, at worst, 
killed at the hands of an angry mob. One necromancer moves into the neighborhood, and it's all downhill from there. Let me tell you. Property values go straight down. You want necromancers dating your daughter? Oh, boy. (laughs) Enter Bethany, a young girl from a faraway land who has a natural affinity for raising the dead and has lived alone on these perilous streets for many months. With loot in hand and a hopeless idealism in her heart, she is on a one-woman quest to undo some of these nasty prejudices about her kind. I don't know. People that raise the dead, I got a problem with that. By helping those (laughs) in need. She's a necromancer bard. Oh, boy. (laughs) Co-writer Mike Heron reached out to us via the THN website, and I'm really glad he did. I loved this issue, which features some fantastic work by artist Sam Beck. She's very talented. Kudos to the entire creative team, including Heron, Beck, co-writer Andrea Fort, cover artist Nick Robles. A fair number of self-published submissions have come through the ziggurat over the years. We don't always get to them, and I apologize for that. We don't but always I, want them. I always appreciate them. <laughs> yes, I always appreciate them. I'm kidding. We want them. Songs for the Dead Number 1 has to be one of the slickest self-published books I've ever seen. These folks are going to be hanging out at the Toronto Comics Anthology booth. Are they Canadian? Yes. I'll tell you what, Canadian comics, coming up. Yeah. Uh, this is at Fan Expo Canada in Toronto from August 31st to September 3rd. If you're in the area, head to the con, talk to these guys, tell them THN sent you. Songs for the Dead number one gets a huge buy it from me. Um, I'll try to remember to put a link to their site in the notes. I think that might be the only way you can get a copy of it unless okay. you go to the con and talk to them. Uh, if you, yeah, you, have a self-published comic that you'd like us to review... Just email us, twoheadednerd.gmail.com. Yeah, we're always accepting. Manhunter Special, number one from DC. It's 48 pages for $4.99. Keith Giffen and Mark Buckingham team up to tell a classic story of the Manhunter in true Kirby fashion. Giffen's cocky, over-narrative dialogue works so well here, forcing a reintroduction of big game hunter turned private detective Paul Kirk. That's right. Before Manhunters were tossing throwing stars and turning into robot armies, there was just one guy in a red suit with blue gloves and boots that used to kick animals to death on the African savannah. What? <laughs> and, like, he gets to these fights with guys, and he's like, I used this karate kick on a wild javelina in Saudi Arabia. So you're like, really? You were hunting pigs by kicking them? <laughs> and why? Because Jack Kirby was fucking nuts. <laughs> There's a beautiful demon backup story here, too, by Sam Humphreys and Steve Rude that I would love to read monthly. It was some of the best usage of the demon I have read in years. These creators love the weird, wild world of Kirby's characters, and it shows. It gushes out of every panel. It's time to bring these insane creations back into the DCU. Manhunter the Special gets a gigantic buy it. This is what I would like to be seeing them doing with these Kirby specials. Not so much like we discussed the Howard Chaikin Newsboy Legion, you know, where he just sort of like put them into history. I don't need that. This is what I want. Generations, the Thunder, number one from Marvel. 40 pages for $4.99 when Thor met Thor. <laughs> when Thor met Thor. Yeah, like how come they get the Thunder and the other one is all new Wolverine meets Wolverine? Well, because... Why don't you just call it Generations? Claws or Generations. I think maybe the best it was called... there is. I think that's what it was called. It was on the cover. Yeah. I just, I went looking for the subtitle. The All subtitle right. was on there. Time Lost Thors Collide in another Generations one-shot. They don't so much collide with each other. They team up with a bunch of Vikings, and then they collide with Apocalypse in ancient Egypt. <laughs> really? Yeah. Weird. Like the Jean Grey one-shot, the story was a lot of fun, and it actually does at least something 
to set up the upcoming Marvel Legacy, which is no surprise because Jason Aaron is writing that one shot as well. And if nothing else, this was a pretty kick-ass Thor story with great art by Mahmoud Asrar. It's a little tough to get past five bucks being the new baseline for a slightly extra-sized issue. Yeah, it's only 40 pages. But if you can make your peace with it, it's worth a read. I'm giving Generations the Thunder a buy it. Okay. Nightwing, the new order number one from DC. It's 32 pages for $3.99. This is the first or maybe just another in DC's new evergreen stories in the style oh my God, of the Dark Knight Returns that. <laughs> that place the characters we know in different realities and futures. That's not what evergreen means. That's what that's what Jim Lee said it means. No, that's not what he said. It up. It's not what he but said. Seriously, just call it Elseworlds, you asshole. Yes. Just do it. Yes. <laughs> Here, Dick Grayson is a hero of 2028, where Alfred is now impossibly old, and metahumans in America are forced to take power in drugs. I mean, that's drugs. only 10 years from now, Matt. <laughs> I guess. Metahumans are forced to take power in inhibiting drugs after a major tragedy in Metropolis. I was resistant after the first few pages, which sees Dick remorselessly stepping over the corpses of Superman and Wonder Woman. But as, as the Kyle Higgins script went on, I found it a little harder to resist. Here, Dick is still the same golden boy, but he's older, and he's leading a government task force called the Crusaders that protects the country from illegal metahuman activity. He still lives at Wayne Manor with Alfred and his son, Jake, and artist Trevor McCarthy draws him with his long black hair of the 90s. By the end, I was completely sold on the story. McCarthy's frantically placed art had me from page one. Nightwing the New Order takes a premise that is a little hard to swallow at best, but it makes it work with one of my favorite characters. I'm giving it a buy. So really, it's just like Nightwing killing guys? No, he didn't kill them. There was a tragedy. We don't know what it is. Okay. And it pictures him like walking through the aftermath. See, I thought the preview Clark that I read dying. had him shooting Superman. Like no. Killing Superman. Clark is dying, and he walks past him. He's like, I'm sorry, Clark. You know, but they have not insinuated that Nightwing did it. We don't know what it is. Nightwing did it. I don't know. Hashtag Nightwing did it. Catalyst Prime, the incidentals. Nightwing couldn't kill Superman if he wanted to. Number one from Lion Forge is 32 pages for $3.99. Look, if Batman could do it, Nightwing could do it. Wrong. Wrong. Are you serious? We're going to have that fight later. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Nightwing tra trained by Batman. I get it. Does not have it in his person to murder Superman. This is Elseworlds, goddammit. Uh, it's still the same thing. It's Evergreen, man. He's a good guy. Joe Casey and Larry Stroman introduced the first team book in the Catalyst Prime superhero universe. Uh, but unfortunately, there's a little too much going on and there's no real team to speak of. I was so excited for this, too. There's a real Harbinger vibe going on here, complete yeah. with a Toyo Harada-style inscrutable Asian super-powered billionaire. Yeah, well, the world's lousy with them, so. Yeah, but <laughs> there are also three or four separate plot threads that kind of confuse the plot. There's a small group of characters chasing after a powered mystery woman, another empowered man's search for revenge against his abusive father, and our Harada stand-in secret dreams of alien devastation. It's just a bit jumbled, with no real sense of how everything is connected yet, or who I should care about yet. Art-wise, I don't think there's any middle ground with Larry Stroman. You either love his work or yep, hate it. I love it. I happen to be a fan, so I was glad to see him drawing this issue. There are some interesting ideas in the incidentals, number one, but I'm waiting to see the story and the main group take shape a little bit more before I get too invested. Give me a skin it. You know what this felt like? It felt like a series of digital comics that were cobbled together. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. No, I mean, like, to an extent. We're like, I'm going to introduce a little bit of this here and a little bit of this here and a little bit of this there, and then we'll reprint it all. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it, it felt a little disjointed. 
War Mother, number one from Valiant. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Let me start by saying Steven Segovia is a complete and utter badass when it comes to drawing comics. The guy is great. It's amazing. He reminds me of Lenil Francis Yu at the top of his game. This issue is gorgeous from the first to last page. While the book is beautiful to look at, Fred Van Lenty's story of the further adventures of War Mother didn't have any of his usual comic charm. But what it lacked in comedy, the story more than made up for in fleshing out War Mother's barren, dangerous world and her bond to her centric weapon, the people she is now leading in the Grove after she killed the leader of the Grove in last summer's 4001 AD event. Whoa. Yeah. So there's a lot tied into this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, let me ask you something very yeah. important. Does Punk Mambo show up? No, there's no Punk Mambo here. Damn it, Punk Mambo. That's a good thing. <laughs> With that said, the story could be a little overwhelming for someone who doesn't know anything about Valiant's connection to the year 4001. War Mother is another quality read from Valiant and from the mind of Fred Van Linty, so I'm giving it a buy it. But it is kind of dense. A lot of jargon, a lot of future stuff going yeah. on. Here. I, I'm not, I'm not up with this corner of Valiant, so I didn't. Right. I didn't even try. I don't know that it's the best jumping on point. Yeah. Bathroom. Yeah, I'm figuring bathroom. Hey, <laughs> right, yeah. That is your ludicrous speedrun and bathroom. <laughs> uh, is. The onomatopoeia of the week and the sound of Thor clashing with Hulk in a classic Avengers comic. Technically, it's the Hulk throwing a bus into Thor. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, sadly, photoshopped. I wish it was real. <laughs> uh, submitted by Bobby the Nitpicker. Uh, it. We had another one set to go from Shirtless right. Bear Fighter. Someone literally took what was probably a Cthulhu or C something. Yeah, Cthulhu. And yeah. added bath to the front of it. So it says bathroom. Bathroom. <laughs> so great. And boy, I wanted it to be real so badly. <laughs> if you have an onomatopoeia of the week, feel free to submit it via Twitter or Facebook or email us. You know how to reach us. Yeah. And we will use it in the show. Totally reminded me of that old Space Ghost episode where Zorak is talking to Space Ghost about the onomatopoeia that comes out of his lasers. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, shoot a proper noun. <laughs> and like he turns and <laughs> fires a laser and it says, Kenny Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> This week, while meditating in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, Joe and I noticed a sudden disturbance in the nerd ether, like millions of nerds crying out and then suddenly being silenced, as they realized we'll be dealing with Jared Leto's Joker for at least another movie. <laughs> oh, God. Joe, I'm still reeling. At, at least another three movies. I'm still reeling from the Joker Harley film franchise announcement myself. Why don't we talk about the comics we're excited to read next week while we wash the bad taste here out of our psyche? Oh, baby. I'm surprised you picked this one. This is your pick for next week. Full disclosure. Okay. Next week seems a little slight. Yeah, but there was other stuff. It's a fifth week, I believe. It is a fifth week. Um, there is other stuff, but I was looking for like something new. Right. Uh, so my pick is Star Wars Mace Windu, Jedi of the Republic, number one from Marvel Comics. Written by Matt Owens with art by Denny Cowan from, uh, from Milestone, Denny Cowan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's 32 pages for $3.99. A uh, beautiful cover by Jesus Sayez. Whew, beautiful. Gorgeous. Talented guy. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi have been the peacekeepers of the galaxy, but now, at the dawn of the Clone Wars, they find themselves in a new role, generals in the army of the Republic. As Mace Windu, one of the Jedi's greatest warriors, leads a small unit of Jedi into battle shortly after the war begins, 
the Jedi must make peace with their new role or be lost to the violence around them. Spoiler alert. They get lost to the violence around them. <laughs> it doesn't end well for Here's him. the thing. I just don't want anything touching the prequels coming back. But I I thought Mace <laughs> Windu was cool, and I thought he got a real short shrift in the prequels. I did not think Mace like, Windu was cool, and I did not... Why didn't you think Mace Windu was cool? I didn't like the cool. Dragon Ball Z fight that he died in, and I thought his purple lightsaber was stupid, and I don't like the Jedi's leading... There's leading his generals and shit, and I was hoping that would all just go away. I'll be honest. I, I don't care. I don't want it. I don't care. Why wouldn't, you th- why wouldn't you think that the Jedi would be leading the army? There's a whole Star Wars rant I could go into that I'm not going to, okay? They were global peacekeepers. They were universal peacekeepers. That's what we learned about them. They're like, no, they were generals in the army for a while, too. Running around with a bunch of clones until a clone shot him in the back. Fuck off, okay? <laughs> like, I don't want it. I mean, that wasn't that long. All right, what's your pick? <laughs> My pick is Generations, Hawkeye and Hawkeye, number one, from Marvel, written by Kelly Thompson with art by Stefano Raphael, 32 pages for $4.99. Now, probably 40 pages for 49, just like all the other ones. Oh, it said 32 on the yeah, diamond know, side, but, but it's probably 40. Yeah. Before you start screaming, Matt, all you do is bag on these for being a one shot, just for being a one shot. I agree. And that's <laughs> probably exactly what this is. But I got a thing. Classic Hawkeye. That's what I'm saying. Hawkeye in the purple costume. Purple costume, yeah. And Kate is wearing a purple costume, too. In one of the, co- in the variant cover by Greg Smallwood, Kate oh. is also wearing the purple Hawkeye oh, costume. I love it. <laughs> and it definitely triggered something in my lizard brain. And it works so much better. I love it so much better than her costume. Put her in the dumb costume, please. Kate Bishop, a.k.a. Hawkeye, finds herself smack dab in the middle of a battle royale between the world's most skilled sharpshooters, including an inexplicably young Clint Barton, a.k.a. The other Hawkeye. The prize? Bragging rights for being named the best, of course. Oh, and you get to stay alive. Unfortunately for Clint, several of his competitors are villains he's taken down, making him a a primary target. So, on top of figuring out where and when she is, Kate's got to find a way to win this little contest of skills and keep her not-so-old pal Clint out of the crosshairs. Easy peasy. They left out the Japanesey part. Lemon squeezy. (laughs) This just sounds like a fun Hawkeye story. There is like an ultimate marksman competition. Hawkeye's super cocky. He wants to win. Kate's going to probably try and come and get him to stop. He won't listen because he's a pig-headed macho dork. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And I really like Kelly Thompson and I really like Stefano Rafale. Yeah, of all of the uh, of all the generations one shots, this is one of them that I was really looking forward yeah, to. Yeah, of course, could just be an issue of Hawkeye, but whatever. Are you reading Hawkeye? So how do you know? Uh, I'm well, Kate stars in it, so there's no reason why I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The THN trade of the week goes to the other side special edition hardcover from Image Comics. It's written by Jason Aaron, with art by Cameron Stewart. It's 144 pages from um, uh, for 19.99. That's what a deal. I forgot this was happening. I heard something cover. that was like announced, not last Image Expo, but the one previous. Well, this is I, a reprint. Like this, the other side was a Vertigo series, right? For some years ago. Oh, okay. I'm confusing it with something else. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, there's a lot of caps in this issue. I'm not going to be yelling them because my voice is going all coward. Right I'll yeah, do sorry. it. I'll do it. The other side special edition is a hardcover collection of the Eisner Award-nominated miniseries that started it all for a writer. Jason Aaron, Southern Bastards, goddamn scalped. With amazingly <laughs> Which is not in all caps. 
Because the ones that are from the same publisher in all cases. <laughs> they're like, yeah, and he did scalp. With amazingly visceral artwork from... Cameron Stewart, Motor Crush! Fight Club 2. And vivid colors from... Dave McKegg! American Vampire. <laughs> the other side! Tells an unforgettable Vietnam War story from the point of view of two young soldiers on both sides of the conflict. The other side, special edition! Will not only showcase this powerful war story, but also include loads of extra materials straight from the files of both writer and artist. This is the dumbest thing we've ever done. Cameron Stewart! Was so <laughs> committed to this project that he traveled to Vietnam to do preliminary research, and this collection will feature pictures, drawings, and journal entries from that trip. This hardcover collects... The other side! Numbers one through five. Otherwise, the other, other, aka the complete miniseries. Right, from Vertigo. From Vertigo, yeah. This was originally published by Vertigo, kind of the, the book that put these two creators on the map. Yeah. Uh, getting a nice, deluxe, swanky version from Image. I never read this. Neither did I. I would like to read it. Me too. I'm excited. Thanks for helping me out with that. Yeah, no problem. So there's our picks for next week, but we want to know what you nerds are excited for. Hit us up on any of our social media platforms and tell us what you think we should be reading and reviewing. Yes. Ho, ho, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly devil. It's time for our cover to cover segment. For you nerds, take control of the show. Feel free to completely derail it because it's a sweaty mess so far. It's as easy calling us at 402-819-4894 every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 Central Standard Time. You can talk about anything in the news. You can completely derail the show altogether, or you can answer the question of the week. This question of the week came from King of the Forums, Brian Domingos, who asks, quote, What is your worst and longest-running comic-based habit? Rolled spines, never taping your bags, never bagging or boarding your comics at all, slipshot organization, cutting out coupons from your books, mouthing the words as you read the dialogue. I would kill that person. Let's hear it. <laughs> that would be a deal breaker so, in my relationship. <laughs> there it is, nerds. You've heard the news and you've got your question. Matt. Open the phone lines! So here it is, cover to cover. We're back like we are every Saturday morning from 11 a.m. to 12.30 Central Standard Time where we discuss all the week's news with you guys. Nerd-related news, that is. We're not going to get into... Nerd news. Other crap. But... Sorry, I did that earlier in the show. Plenty of crap this week. Air, air your dirty laundry. All right. Let's see if somebody wants to do that right now. we got somebody calling in. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who dis? Hey, what's going on, guys? David Robbins calling. David Robbins. Hello, David. How in the friggin' heck are you? I am at Wizard World Chicago right now. Oh, no shit. Oh, nice. Okay, we have questions. What is happening yes. at Wizard World Chicago right now? I, I honestly um, have no less, idea what goes on at Wizard World conventions anymore. Okay, much less than what's happening last year, let me tell you that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, we were here, uh, we've been here since Thursday, and after the show already started, David, David Tennant had to cancel. Oof. Oh, boy. Yeah. And there was just a report that yeah. came out that Wizard World, like the conventions went from breaking even to a $2 million loss. Like and That sounds about right. I mean, yeah. they, they like refund. Serious financial everybody problems. That got David, everybody that got David Tennant VIPs, they refunded at $500 a pop. Oh. Well, you know what? Yeah. It's okay. The return of Wizard Magazine is going to save these guys yes. from, <laughs> from tanking. So yeah, comic I, companies, I who's there? Like uh, none of the big I, ones I, are there, right? 
No, no, like Xenoscope is here, and that's about it. Whoa! Oh, no, that's awful. So Avatar even ditched him. Oh, I, you know what? No. I've never seen an Avatar booth anyway. Avatar was like their biggest thing for a while there. They was like, we've got all the Avatar guys. They like screamed yeah, about it for a long no. time. Yeah, they don't know. I haven't seen Avatar here in a couple of years. Wow. But there are certainly yeah. must be creators there, like solo on their own, I assume. Like, well, an- I mean, there, there's, a bu- there's a bunch of artists, but Artist Alley is Dick's Rose. Oof. Man, oh man. Jeez. How much I mean, was it to, to get in? I'm not trying to pile on Wizard World here or make you feel stupid, but how much was it to get in? Well, no, no. Well, it, uh, the general admission for one day, like on site, was varying between 40 to 60, depending on the day. Oh, my um, we're God. A, yeah. We're in on professional badges because we're running that charity event that uh, I was actually wanted to pimp a little bit as well because it's two weeks from today. Yes, enough so, about uh, enough about Wizards' yep. bad business. Pimp decisions. your charity event, and then we'll go back to the ghost ship that is Wizard World. <laughs> <laughs> fair what, enough. You fair pimp enough. your charity event. What are we talking about? So we are doing Can't Stop the Serenity. Uh, we are holding an event in Milwaukee on September 9th. Uh, it is a global network charity campaign that uh, has been running for 12 years. We, uh, we were running one in Milwaukee. This is our third year uh, at our event. Our money goes to Equality Now, which is uh, what set the, a minimum of 75% of all of the global campaign money goes to. Then we're also giving a portion to the Wisconsin Humane Society and a portion to an organization called Build On, which takes inner city students in the United States and uh, lets them go to third world developing nations and assist in building schools. That's in amazing. Those countries. Okay, uh, Equality Now. What's that one? I don't know that yeah. one. Equality Now is uh, Joss Whedon's favorite charity. Uh, that's why this whole campaign started. Uh, some fans got together in 2006 and said, let's have a charity screening of Serenity. Give the money to Joss's favorite charity. Oh. Uh, equality Now fights for women's rights and gender equality worldwide. That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, our event is at 42 Ale House in Milwaukee uh, on September 9th at 2 p.m. We're going to do screening of a big damn movie, uh, screening of a sing-along with a, a horrible individual. <laughs> uh, where we are encouraging, encouraging participation. Uh, we are also going to show some episodes of Con Man and some episodes of The Guild. Nice. That's, That's awesome. So that sounds like you. a blast. I wish we could join you. Uh, well, uh, I, we'd love to have you. Uh, the event is free. Uh, there's a requested $15 donation, but uh, the event is totally free and is all ages. That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, David, I'm going to ask you, you may have done this the last time we talked about it on the show. Um, okay. But email, email us all of these details, like web links, whatever yes. you've got. Yeah. And yeah. I'll make sure that they're in the show notes. Absolutely. For I'll this episode. So. And I'll, yeah. And we'll, if you're listening to this, go to the show notes for this episode, THN 466. And we'll have all the links and descriptions for Can't Stop the Serenity and there we go. Equality Now there and all that go. good stuff. So David, are you at the Excellent. con right now? Oh, yeah, I'm in uh, the autograph line for Catherine Tate right now from Doctor Who. And it's this quiet? <laughs> like, is it a uh, ghost yeah. town in there? Yeah. Or? Oh, my God. It's, it's, not a, it's not a ghost town. There's, there's more people here than there were yesterday, but it's a little quiet. Yeah, John Barrowman is like 15 feet from me. Oof. Oh, uh, man. Uh, uh, wait, I'm sorry, which Wizard World did you say you were at? Texas? Chica- Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago yeah, used to be like the to main be the one. The big one, yeah. yeah. That was the big one. Um, that reminds me of the Las Vegas show I went to uh, where they had Brian Michael Bendis like roped off with velvet ropes and nobody was there. <laughs> and I just like wandered like up to him and was like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, like he was like, don't feed the Bendis. Right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, 
appreciate you calling. Yeah. And definitely no uh, good luck with the charity stuff. Keep us posted on that. Um, we'll talk Absolutely. about it. We'll talk about it again next week. Um, Absolutely. If you have any weird, more, like more weird dispatches from like the ghost town that is Wizard World, don't don't. Um, I want to hear them. Well, <laughs> it sounds. Greg I know it's Horn isn't here. Who? Greg Horn isn't here. Greg Horn. Oh really? He's Greg like Horn. normally at every every show, and he does. He has two boobs where he has like a second team, and nobody's here. Greg, well, I thought that guy was dead. <laughs> I didn't even know. Still good for he Greg. Was, I mean, I'm glad he got out of there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Good hey, luck. Uh, David, David. Th- th- yeah. I know you're there. I know that you're there for a reason. I know that you're there yeah. also to have a good time. But if you think about it and you have yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. Intros. Two headed nerd show intros. Yes. Especially from ex playmates and ex wrestlers. Those any, are our favorites. Any famous person <laughs> that you meet, if you feel comfortable, you know that you know what the sound what they sound like, right? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. Um, I'm I, like I, I I will see what I can do, but I'm also here trying to get donations for our uh, our auction. I get no, it, hey, man. Hey, yeah, so. don't don't go out of your way. Like if you happen to if it if it seems like an ap- appropriate moment, yeah. go for it. Your stuff is important, but not as important as ours. Is what we're saying. <laughs> I mean, that's that. You, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> Thanks, oh, David. And at some at, at, thank you guys. And at some point, we have to talk defenders because I really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Call back when you're not uh, standing in line, and we'll talk about it. Most definitely. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Talk right, to you later, guys. Bye. Bye. I have some defenders' feelings too, and s- well, you want to save them until somebody calls. And I don't know. About I mean, it? we could, or we could just start talking about it and see if somebody calls in and tells us we're idiots. Let's just wrap about the defenders a little bit. Where, okay, fine. Where are you at? I'm done. Di- I've watched it. I've, okay, I watched it all. Like I was sick last weekend. I I'm watched on the seven. whole thing in one day. I'm on the second to last episode, and I don't hate it. I'm gonna tell you what. It gets real dumb. Uh, like. <sighs> Yeah, I feel like I'm getting there where I'm like, this is where the story is going. And, uh, and that, that's that seems like a, a, a real negative. Like I really enjoyed the defenders. Okay. Um, the things that I don't like about all of the individual characters, um, for the most part are gone except for Danny Rand. Yeah. Where they are on, uh, full display yes, and seemingly magnified. It's just, he is so, I don't know if he could be more stiff as a character. They're like, there's a scene specifically where they first hook up and they're in the Chinese restaurant and they're all like, what are we doing here? And Matt Murdock is being a very convincing Matt Murdock. He doesn't want to take his hood off and he's acting like Daredevil and Luke Cage is like, this is kind of screwy. Jessica Jones is surly and pissed off about the whole thing. I think she was the best thing about the best, the whole show personally. Yeah. And, Danny Rand goes from, oh, I am the immortal Iron Fist to protect Kun Lun. And he's like upset when nobody knows what Kun Lun is. It's a mystical city that no one knows about. He wasn't upset that but, nobody knew what Kun Lun was. But he's Kun like, Lun I'm the immortal Iron Fist. And they're like, the what? And he's like, the immortal Iron Fist, the protector of Kun Lun. You know, like you're William fucking Shatner or something. Like one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite parts about the Netflix shows is that no matter what happens in these people's lives, whenever they... Uh, butt up against something that they haven't encountered before. They're like, "That's bullshit." Yeah, it's like you have a super strength. No, I you mean, fought a guy who has right. mind control powers. But then, like, the, you have radar sense. But the guy with the glowing fist tells you about magic ninjas, and you're, yeah, like, and you're like, "Fuck, get out of here! What are you, an idiot?" <laughs> it's like back from the dead. But he just sounds like, like he's <laughs> always honked off that nobody knows who he is. It's he's like Star Lord, you know, in Guardians of the Galaxy, right. <laughs> almost. What are you looking at? 
And do I? Okay. Yeah, it, it, it does seem quiet, but... Oh, no, it's okay. No, it's and then, so the owner of the Chinese place comes out and is like, oh, you can't be here. We're closed or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, goes, takes him off Oh, and they ruined that guy's life And for then sure. he comes back and he's like, yeah, I paid his rent with my black card for the next six months. Ordered a bunch of food too, bros. Now, where were we? Let's get very serious again. You know, like, what are you doing? Who, yeah. who is this character? So <laughs> I think I've seen other people level this criticism and I think that I have to agree... I think that the biggest um, thing they got wrong about Danny Rand, other than the fact that he can't fight. Or um, act. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I mean, the actor's failings are separate right. than, than the, the, how they treated the character. Sure. Um, Danny Rand is a lighthearted dude. Yeah. He, you know, he's not like mopey. He doesn't have fucking... PTSD. Right. Like this Danny Rand has PTSD. He's like waking up shrieking. He's having visions. <laughs> right, yeah. And, like, and he, why does Colleen even put up with him? I don't know. Colleen is doing a great job on her own, does not need this idiot. And by the way, I still don't like his powers at all. The way they use the iron fist, it's like he's literally carrying around a steel fist that can't do anything but bash somebody in the face. That's it. He does some kung fu and then he's like, oh, my kung fu's not working. Oh, come on. One, one thousand, two, one thousand, turning yellow. Bonk. You know, like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Really? A guy with a sledgehammer is more effective than that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just You've got Daredevil's a ninja. Yeah. Okay. And moves like a ninja. Yes. And Daredevil and fucks people Daredevil up. Daredevil like fought a ninja. entire rooms full yes. of people. He is just a guy. Yeah. Danny Rand, the Netflix Danny Rand was raised by kung fu monks in a magical yep. city. Mystic magic kung fu monks. Now, I'll grant you that kung fu is only one form of martial arts. Sure. But whatever. That guy should have been, uh, with the absence of Shang-Chi in this universe, right. he should have been the most badass motherfucker. Yeah, unstoppable. On the planet. Yes. Regardless of Iron Fist powers. Yes. You know? Right. All right. We got somebody calling. Thank you for calling. THN, cover to cover. Caller, who dis? This is BS3. What's happening, nerds? BS3, Hi, we're just sitting hello. here screaming about the Defenders. What yeah, are you doing? Yeah, we're feeling our feelings. Oh, well, I don't have the live stream going right now, so I don't see your defender screaming. I had something good that I wanted to oh. tell you about. Okay. In case you haven't in case you haven't seen it on your streaming catalog. Hulu's got uh Batman and Bill or uh, Bill and Batman. Bill Finger and Batman, the the documentary. Yeah. It's streaming there. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh Batman and Bill I think is right. I think it's called Batman and Bill. Batman and Bill. There we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's streaming on Hulu now for free. So, I've decided uh, that that's the title. I, I recommend watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it's, a, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I've been meaning um, to check that out. Uh, you, you'll probably tear up a little bit. Uh, my yeah. wife was; her eyes were definitely opened up to the the history of uh, Bill Finger and uh, creators getting screwed out of uh, what they're due. We were, um, just, we were just talking about deal. that a little bit ago too, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's well, well, how fortuitous. The official right. title: Batman and Bill. That is it. Matt has researched it. It is official. It is the story of Bill Finger, a name you probably do not recognize, who was 
His name is on the Batman comics now. Now, but it, it was is. a big deal now. when they added uh-huh. it. Yeah, sixty-five yeah. years later, it is. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but nobody knew this guy's yes. name, and he was instrumental, absolutely instrumental in the creation and implementation like, of Batman there will, in there the DC will be, universe. There will be people out there that will argue that Bill Finger created Batman. Yeah. Bob Kane came. Mm-hmm. Bob Kane said, "I got an idea for a guy. His name is Batman. He has a cape." Uh, and Bill Finger said, say no more, I got it. Right. And then everything else you know about Batman came from Bill Finger. Yeah, literally everything. Bob Kane wanted to draw a, a blonde-haired guy in a red leotard and call him, and that was, uh-huh. there's Batman. That's leotarded. <laughs> God. Stop. Oh, my. Just stop <laughs> it's, it. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, I, I was surprised at the, the history that went through, too, because this guy's been making this documentary for, like, 20 years, it looks like, because yeah. he's got footage of him... Uh, um, interviewing people from 20 years ago and you just see them aged now. Uh, you, you get to see what the making of the documentary accomplished. Like it really is the force behind gang Bill Finger's name on, on Batman comics. So wow. uh, highly recommended. Um, and it's free. So if you're not satisfied with defenders, this is a good uh, option for you to, to, to stream something and, and be happy that you saw it and walk away from it. And so, you can do a little, uh, you can like do the Hulu seven day trial for free. Watch this. Cancel it when you're done, baby. Wham. It's like free <laughs> rental. You know what I mean? You're not even stealing right. anything from the internet. They want you to do that. Yeah. Maybe you like Hulu so much that you stick with it. They're not paying us shit. So I'm saying, <laughs> fuck Hulu. But <laughs> steal that shit. <laughs> you guys don't have one of those promo codes yet? No, I the wish. THN? No, we don't have the THN Hulu promo <laughs> code yet, unfortunately. Uh, well, you just told Hulu to fuck off, so that does, I don't really <laughs> I don't feel totally like that's going to happen. Um... <laughs> You also no, recommended the hey, uh, the doomed documentary, which was awesome. It was wonderful. It was so was good. Great? Oh, I felt so bad for oh, everybody man. that was part of that project. They were all so sweet. Oh. They were like, "We're doing <laughs> yeah. it. We're making a summer except, blockbuster." Except the like the they, guy they, that they made it, and they were so happy. The guy that oh, played man. Reed Richards was like conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like you can like tell way, he spent some time drinking and thinking about right, this project. It's like, you okay. know, like, Everyone else was like, you know, like, um, um, Robert Culp's kid who played Dr. Doom. Right. I say kid, he's like 60. Uh-huh. Uh, well, like everybody involved, even the boy who could fly, who was right. a st- big star in the eighties. Yeah. Arguably the biggest star that movie had to offer. Oh yeah. Uh, they were okay. like, yep, we showed up, we worked hard, we took it very seriously, Yeah, we promoted it, we went on like tours and met the fans, it was like, like and mm-hmm, we were, mm-hmm. all of them, crushed. Yeah. That and it didn't, and Corman. then the Reed Richards guy's like, yeah, shady stuff. Well, when Roger Corman <laughs> came right out, he was like, yeah, we, we screwed them, we took their money. <laughs> We, uh, you know, that's business, baby. <laughs> he was just like remorseless. I loved it. <laughs> but it, I was really impressed with them doing all the grassroots promoting the, the comic cons. Cause yeah. I, I remember that stuff. I do just too. seeing all the flyers everywhere. I do the, too. The I remember screenings. Oh, I remember seeing, bad. I remember seeing ads in like wizard and in, uh, I don't remember if there were ads f- uh, about it in, in the actual Marvel comics. I doubt it. Um, I highly doubt that. But like that, that that scene in the documentary where they revealed that Stan Lee basically told people it probably wasn't happening. Yeah. Or um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Stan Lee just outed him. And yeah, he was, was like, like, yeah, it's a mess. And uh, uh, I yeah. doubt we're ever going to see it. We don't have anything to do with it. And everybody was, yeah, you know, they saw like some footage and went, what? fuck this. You know? well, <laughs> All right. Here's the question for you guys. Oh. Uh, 
Is it the best Fantastic Four movie that was made? Easily. <laughs> Easily. I don't think there's any argument. Yes. Without a doubt. Absolutely the best. All right. <laughs> you know why? Because there was a plot I that I can explain to you. There was a plot that you could follow from A to Z. All right. We got another call coming in here, Nick. I got to let you go, brother. All right. All right. Have a good one, buddy. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? JD, gotta catch them all. What up, JD? How we hey. doing? Doing good, doing good. We were just sitting here discussing the Defenders, and then we started talking about uh, Batman and Bill, the Batman and Bill Finger documentary, and oh. uh, now we got sidetracked for the call from our very own JD, gotta catch them all, our Pokemon enthusiast. Hello. Who's never played. What do you want to rap about, brother? Uh, well, the answer of the week. Okay. Uh, worst comic book habits. I think mine's probably going to be one that a lot of other people say, which is uh, I just tend to buy more than I read. <laughs> sure. You know, and I and I'm really horrible at not finishing things. Yeah. Uh, like longer series and things. Like you know, for as much of a Warren Ellis like fanboy as I am, I've never finished Transmet. Jeff, <laughs> uh, I, I never finished preacher. I never finished preacher. Um, Come I on, finished man. How okay? How deep are you into these? Let's talk about that real quick. Like, just pick one of them. Transmet. How deep are you into Transmetropolitan? Uh, six, volume six, I think. Okay, volume six. You're almost done. All right. <laughs> this is like going to college and being like, well, I got one semester left, but uh, I'm going to say there are break. 10 volumes of transmit. <laughs> I, yeah, but seriously, yeah. you're on the other side, dude. <laughs> it's all downhill. <laughs> listen, listen, we, this question was not about belittling people for their bad habits. I, we, I'm with you. I sympathize. I, I, I'm comic shaming you. You're being shamed. Like <laughs> I, I had a long history of buying more than I could keep up with. And you know, I'm I'm with you. That's almost not even a bad habit, though. That's like a comic fact of life. There's too many comics. Oh yeah, just, but you yeah. don't have to I mean, buy them. That's true. You don't have to buy them. Well, and some of them are like you know, like BPRD, for example. Comicology had some sale where I could get like almost all the volumes for like a hundred bucks, and I did that a couple years ago. But that's just so massive. I mean, now it feels like a job, you know. <laughs> That fair. I will say if BPRD is guilty of something, they're guilty of being on time and cranking stuff out. Now, with that said, it's <laughs> all great. It's all absolutely oh, yeah, yeah. great. Like, I, I don't recall a single BPRD series I put down and went, eh, that was fine. I mean, even like the minis yeah, and one shots and stuff, they're wonderful. Well, I mean, the oh, thing yeah. about the the thing about the Magnola books is that the minis and one shots, they're all still part of the ongoing numbering. Right. They just break them up differently. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so everything feels like it counts. Yeah, it just you know flows. I mean? It does count, and it's great. But yes, it can, it can be a giant monolithic stack of books. Yeah, you know? like <laughs> you know, I fell off BPRD. You know, I and I and I love that comic, and I'm probably three years behind. Jesus. Yeah, I know. I'm like a month behind. Two months. No, behind, I'm way behind. Yeah. Because yeah. they put out so much of it. They do put out a lot of it. Oh yeah. But I it's up. Narrow it down into you. That's it. It's up to us to make those choices and say, this is what I'm reading and look at your stack and say, all right, look at my pull file. I have titles A, B and C that I read 
every time they come out, instantly got to read them. Then I have this X, Y, and Z yeah. that keeps piling up and piling up and piling up. Do you need <laughs> X, Y, and Z? Are you going to die exactly. if you don't have Fear those? of missing out, man. It's a real thing. <laughs> it is. It's a powerful force. It absolutely is. That's what the Marvel Lake House uh, is for, though. He can travel six months back in time. Only for Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. But I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> you when DC that. builds their lake house, then we'll all be in better I shape. I don't know if DC, if we're getting a DC lake house. I don't know. It'll be right across the same lake. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, yeah, I wanted they, to ask you guys. Oh, yeah. Hit us. Hit us. I wanted to and ask you guys a question real quick. Sure. Because uh, there have been times when I've had to, you know, cut back on comics, either financially or for other reasons. And one of the things that I always seem to go back to to scratch that itch is uh, I read a lot of web comics. Mm-hmm. And do you guys read any of those? And if so, which ones? You know what? <laughs> I, re- I literally read zero web comics. I used to I used to be heavy into the web comic scene like big time. Um when it was like at its zenith <laughs> uh and so I was I was regularly reading things like Penny Arcade and PVP uh Akewood um there's a couple of other creators um there's a there's a bunch of guys that are all kind of in the same circle of of uh, creative friends that got yeah. together and put out a book. Um, it was Scott Kurtz of PVP. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, Scott Kurtz of PVP. Uh, Chris Straub, who does a comic called Chainsaw Suit. Yeah. Chainsaw Suit is hilarious. They're just like one off gag strips. But they're funny. I I just I don't I never read them. Right. Um. And then uh, Brad Geiger and Dave Kellett were the other two guys. And. Uh, like I was a huge fan of all of that stuff and I just slowly like dropped out and I don't know if I like Penny Arcade. I I, I don't know if I kind of like grew out of that I, style of humor, but I, I was um, fine with Penny Arcade, but I never really loved it. It's the kind of thing where like to me, web comics were always going to be there and they were always free. So there was no urgency for me to read them. You know what I mean? And then yeah, all of a sudden, okay. there was like years of stuff I didn't read, and I was like, meh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing about web comics is the best thing about web comics is that anybody can do them. Yeah. The worst thing about web comics is anybody can yes. do them. Yes. Uh, case in point, the web comic that I did with Dave DeMarco and our friend <laughs> Matt Lockwood. Um, the jokes were funny, the art was bad. Um, the jokes were sometimes well, funny. The jokes the were art was usually always funny. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes were sometimes funny, and the art was always bad. You didn't read the web. You didn't read our comics. So what are you talking about? I stopped. About? I was like, oh, these jokes aren't always funny, and the art's always bad. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, I like I loved web comics, but I just kind of slowly got away from them. And then, like Matt said, yeah. it's like they're constantly making them. They come right. out. A lot of them come out daily. Some of them. Uh, yeah. you know, a little less frequently, but you get behind a little well, bit, yeah, and the next thing, next thing you know, you're like, oh shit, I have no idea what's been going on. And the other thing is, there's no good platform to just go and read web comics. You have to go to several different websites. Yeah. Some of them are part of a blog. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just a web comics. Some of them are featured other places. I kind of wish there was like a web comic aggregator, like a Marvel Unlimited for web comics, sort of, yeah, or like a, like right, a right, podcast right. app. For web comics, where I say I want to subscribe yeah. to this web comic and this web comic and this web comic. RSS feed to do that for you. I mean, I suppose, but then I've got a million different RSS feeds. I, I'm saying one place yeah. where I can be like, oh look, there's a new web comic X hit this week, and there's a new web comic Y and a web comic Z, you know, or whatever. So Jeff, what are, what's your where are you at with web comics right now? Uh, 
I boiled it down to like four because for me, the, the kiss of death is if they stop updating, then I just, you know, yeah. I, so what are the four? I, I do have, I, I do have one that I have, uh, that I followed and I've literally clicked on it every day and it hasn't updated in a year and a half. And that's Greg Recca and Rick Burchett's lady saber. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I bought that fantastic. very nice hardcover of Lady Saber yeah, that I, I speaking of things I have bought I but one. didn't read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but so the one I've followed the longest is Questionable Content by Jeff Jack. Yeah, I've checked uh, that out. I followed that, I followed that since two thousand three. Uh and I've kept up with it faithfully ever since. It's fantastic. Um the newest one that I'm totally addicted to is a book is a webcomic called all night laundry and it's massive. I mean, I think he's up into the thousands of pages. Okay. Are you now, doing that, but, but you're uh, afraid of BPRD. What? Come on. <laughs> yeah. But a web, a web comic has like five minutes of reading a day. I know. I know. There's yeah, thousands of them. Though. And I have an, and I have an office job. So like my ritual oh. is when I get to work in the morning, I pull up my email, I check my email and then I pull up and I and I just scroll down my my favorites on my browser, the the four or five web comics that I've been following at that time, and takes me you know ten fifteen minutes of my morning, and then I'm off to the rest of my day. Fair enough, Jeff. So, I got another call coming in, so we're gonna let you go. But I appreciate right. the web comic talk. And we will talk to you soon, okay, talk brother? You later, guys. Bye, Jeff. Caller, thank you for team. Caller, thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Who it is? Hopefully you've got your headphones turned down because it's Toots time! <laughs> All right! <laughs> it is, in fact, Toots time. What's happening, Toots? How are you, brother? Good. How are you guys doing today? Oh, you know, we're all right. Joe Patrick's back, filling in for you. Yeah, appreciate you uh, stepping up last week. He didn't notice My that pleasure. I said he's filling in for you. I noticed. <laughs> what do you want to rap about, Toots? All right, so uh, quickly, I'll answer the question. Um... I, th- I think over the last two years, I've pretty much abolished all my bad comic book habits, except for I do not make enough time to read my books. Yeah. yeah. So I am so backed up. I will forever be behind for the rest of my life. Well, I have to ask, what are you so, doing on the toilet? I mean, isn't that your time? Isn't it doesn't that- <laughs> matter. I can't read more long boxes worth of books on the toilet in one sitting. Maybe sir. you need more fiber in your diet. I don't know. I mean, I guess I, the doctor did say this. The doctor did say that. A little more regularity uh, might help you with your reading. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, this is, okay. All right. I'm into it. Uh, but most important, well, what I wanted to talk to you guys about is. So I finally watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 last night. Oh. And, um, okay, so there's so many Easter eggs and, like, little things in that movie. Yeah, constant. You're bombarded with them. Yeah, 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 right? And, okay, so we're all on the same boat. We're all married, uh, and we all have wives that don't know shit about this stuff. Right. And so it's all lost on them. And, like, we'll make little comments, we'll giggle, we'll smile, we'll be like, all right, whatever. And they're like, what, what, what? (laughs) And so we constantly have to explain, and you know what? They don't want to hear it. Yeah. They're like, okay, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) So in in your, like, they regret it immediately. They're like, okay, stop. It's like, Uh, I was just being polite when I asked. (laughs) Yeah, right? Now, do you guys think that that stuff 
should continue because these movies aren't necessarily made for us. They're made for a wide audience. Sure. So when they throw all that stuff in, it's like wasted on people. Uh, no. It's wasted on the, on the, on the main audience. I agree. So like, but you, let me ask you this. Do you love it? Do you love it? Like, did you giggle and smile when you saw those little things? Some, sometimes, See, sometimes, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, that's just, that's just to make me like you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know what? They're it trying works. to trigger a dopamine response it in le- your brain. It legitimately works for me. It absolutely does. And while I'm watching these movies, I try and always separate myself. Like, how would I feel about this if this was just a fictional story that did not take place in any universe that I care about. You know, like, look at the acting, look at the storytelling, look at the effects. And then I have this other nerd meter, you know, and there's these little meters that are spiking, you know, and jumping like a graphic equalizer yeah, type yeah. thing, right? And then there's this little nerd meter that's getting hit every time, you know, I see like a little something cool in the background or oh, I recognize that weapon or, oh, but that's that guy or whatever, you know, like it's all part of it. And yes, it is lost on the greater audience, but I will say that it shows that it's made by nerds that care about what nerds like you, me, and Joe, and everybody else out there think. It absolutely shows they care, as opposed to other times where that completely backfires. Like Gotham, for example, the TV show. Mm. They're like, we're yeah. just going to throw out the name of some character you've probably heard of that's actually a little... <laughs> kid here or a homeless old man that has nothing to do with that character you know like okay that's not cool (laughs) that's like the writer's like i don't know give me the name of somebody and they're like oh jean paul valley i'm like okay i was just uh, thinking that he's uh alfred shows up to young to young bruce wayne is like this is my brother (laughs) asriel totally you know like what (laughs) you know Uh, i mean jared i guess where i'm at with it is that if i enjoy it great uh, if, if other people around me, um, don't necessarily get the reference, uh, I don't so much mind as long it doesn't, as, as long as it doesn't ruin the enjoyment of the movie for them. Right. You know, sure, if, they, if sure. they can do this, if they can do this stuff, if they can, if they can, uh, try to play to multiple audiences while still having like an overall good experience for everybody. Yeah. That's a good thing. Then why not? Like, I think that it would be a bad thing if it was nothing but inside you know, inside baseball. Right. You know, nothing do but like deep it, continuity cuts. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 But do you feel that it also helps you uh, keep your claim on it? Like, uh, okay. So like, for example, Dungeons and Dragons is now uh, everybody plays it. Like everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, Movie right. stars, mom and dad. Yeah. Doesn't matter who. It's cool again, it. baby. Vin it's Diesel. cool again. Like, but I still wish it was my thing that I kept secret in the basement and my whole thing. So like, <laughs> do you, do you feel like those little things help you keep the claim that, Hey, I'm the comic nerd. Yes. I know what this is. Absolutely. This is still mine. Absolutely. When I can look and be like All right. myself and maybe three other guys in this theater know that what that sword is that's a cool little feeling. You are in the nerd gang, you know, like you're not, yeah. you're yeah. not these other schmucks. You paid attention. You read the stuff. You sat on the toilet and you read those <laughs> issues, you know? <laughs> you know, I, I try, I try to be thankful that people are starting to come around and enjoy the things that I grew up enjoying. Yes. Yeah. Not that I like, I, I do claim, I do like feel a sense of ownership or, or, or I feel proprietary about these things. And we've actually had this conversation and you don't like it, Jared, when I say stuff like, not my Superman. Right. 
You know, hey, I, I said it. I said it when Cold Eternal came out, and I and I kicked myself. Yeah, I know, I know, I saw did. that. I saw <laughs> that. I was like, like that oh. is not my cult. <laughs> but like, I do feel like I feel passionately about these stories and these characters, um, and. Like, I won't lie. Like, I've even been in movies with fellow nerds and been the only one right. to laugh at something that I noticed. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that's too nerdy. Well, it's, it's too nerdy. And on the opposite scale, like, when you and I went and saw that remake of Conan with Jason Momoa, yeah. we both sat there and yeah. were like, what? Who is that supposed to be? That's that guy? You know, like, it's like it can backfire where, like, the real nerds are sitting there going, Come on, you know, and the rest of the yeah. theater is like, look, I don't like this movie either, but I don't know why he's pissed about that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that was my observation, dude. Thanks a lot. Thank you, buddy. Chatting uh, it out with me. You bet. Not a problem, Enjoy buddy. your day. Always good to talk to you. Hey, yeah, dude. Have a good one. We'll see you. All, All right. right. Bye. Not my woolly toots. <laughs> Harvey Locust, call now. Yeah, you can call. The ringer's on, dude. He wanted to know if we he he missed the defender stock. No, let's uh, let's talk. Yeah, we're defenders. ready. We're ready. We want to talk to somebody. I got a lot of complex feelings about defenders because I did like it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Thank you for calling. T- Whoa! Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who this? It's Kevin Coffee. Kevin Coffee. All right. Are your babies being tortured in the background? <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. As a matter of fact, these little jerks had it coming. All right. You got to toughen them up. Yeah. Show them what the real world feels like. What do you want to rap about, They're brother? They're one and three. <laughs> They're one and three. <laughs> Old enough to start get, working. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the question of the week. Let's do it. My, ba- my bad comics habit, which, speaking of my children, uh, I blame them, but it's not really their fault. Is My bad comics habit is I don't read comics. <laughs> you do not <laughs> read them, comics? I buy them, and then they have been literally sitting in my house. Really? And I have not read comics. Yes, well, I am... Okay, give me a timeline. What was the last new comic book you read? <laughs> I don't know. I keep, like, I'm, I'm probably a year behind in everything I read. Like, but, 12 but you, issues. But you keep buying it. Yes. Well, I go and pick up my profile every two or three months. Okay. <laughs> and just buy all the stuff, and I organize them into, into issue order. Okay. So they're, they're there for me. But, like, at least a year of Saga... Uh, at least a year of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow. I've just stopped buying X-Men because I don't like it, and I'm so far behind that I don't even care. How would you know, though? Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. What if something happened in the past year that was, like, right up Kevin Coffey's like, oh, alley? shit. Now, I'll tell you. It, uh, it, no, it, no, it no you're, happened, you're fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Cyclops isn't back, so I'm good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got teen Cyclops. Yeah, you got little, little Cyclops. Running around doing his thing. Sure. That's not the real Cyclops. He's an imposter. I agree. So, I totally so Kevin, agree. is it just because of time? Like, you being a young father of two, or? That is part of it, and I think that's where it started, because it's hard to, you know, sit down and read a comic issue with a with a three-year-old pawing paw, at you and a baby that needs to be fed. But I think you can also drug them point, though, right? I'm, you can give them drugs that like put them to sleep. It's a little or, bit of whiskey, or, or like <laughs> just like lay them down, and they'll be fine, right? What are they gonna pee? They'll be yeah. fine. You know, <laughs> they'll be fine. You just put down rubber sheets; it'll be cool. Sure. And then now, though, I think I'm so far behind; it's like intimidating. I'm like, God, I I'm, I don't even know what yeah. happened to the last issue. I totally so it's not get just that. Reading the issues that I missed, it's reading the six issues leading up to like my stop point, so that I have to go back and do that, and then catch up and it's like it's not one book i'm behind on sure <laughs> it's every book that it, i've been reading so 
something something Kevin that I've like kind of forced myself to do just because of this show is that like I'll find myself in a situation where I really want to review a comic but I haven't read the last six months worth right and I used to like really force myself to get caught up but it's just so hard to do that in a short amount of time uh, when I'm prepping for each episode sure so I've just said you know what screw it I'm going to jump in with the first issue of this next arc and call it good. And I've done that with a few books and I got to be honest, like I find myself not really missing it. Yeah. Not that I don't, yeah. not that I don't want to go back eventually. Sure. I do something similar, but what I do is I make a decision and I'm like, okay, I know I need to catch up on Cave Carson. Like well, this weekend, I'm catching up on Cave Carson. It depends on if I'm three issues behind or six issues behind. I'm, you know what I mean? I think I'm five issues behind in Cave Carson. And I decided I've got them all this weekend. After I'm done with the show and all that crap, I'm reading Cave Carson. And next weekend, I'll catch up on something else. It was The Flash last weekend. Yeah. Totally great. I'm caught up. I love it. But seriously, Kevin, let's think about this intimidation, as you put it. How long does it take you to read 32 pages of comic book? Not that long. Eight minutes? And, Ten yeah. minutes if you're slow? You know? I mean, like, <laughs> seriously. And really, it's only oh, 20, 20 pages of comic. And you're sitting there. It's not like I'm like, Kevin, you get up and you run that 5K. The comic- no, I'm saying read a fucking comic book, dude. <laughs> the, com- the comics cannot hurt you, Kevin. Yes. No. And you're right, Joe. Like, I need to, like... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is honestly one of my favorite comics right now, but like I could totally get off with just reading the latest issue and, yes. and figuring it out later. Saga, I think, is something that I probably need to go back and actually. Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I'm, more continuity heavy. I'm like three years behind on Saga. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I jumped in with that 25 cent issue from a couple months ago. I'm just like, screw it. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to see what's what. And I read it. And I'm not saying that like I kept reading. Uh, you know, with the current issues, but like, I wasn't super lost. That issue was designed to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That it, right. I would argue, yes, you do need to go through and read Saga monthly yeah, to I really mean, stay there. For a, book that like, issue, a book like Saga, yes, but like yeah. a book like maybe Spider-Man. That issue was designed specifically for a guy like you to pick it yeah, up and right. go, oh shit, you know what? I do miss this. I'm going to go back and read all that. Right, but I'm saying like, <laughs> you know? there are some books where it's like, you can just jump in. Sure. Of course. Oh, and, yeah. If I wanted to know, pick up an Avengers book or something, I don't think I wouldn't be worried. Actually, <laughs> yeah. right now, you your head would probably spin if you picked up an Avengers book. And you're like, what is going on here? Uh, <laughs> Who the fuck are these people? <laughs> I think the book has been rebooted twice since the last time I read the Yeah. We, like, yeah. we had like two reboots in the last eight months. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I can't even tell you who's on the team right now, honestly. Hercules. When I Really? Falcon. Hercules is there? Mm-hmm. Why am I not reading it? Is it still Mark Wade? The last time I read a bunch of yeah. books was like that was when Mark Wade came to town and I talked to him for the for the World Herald and I picked up a bunch of Mark Wade books because I was like I have no idea what he's writing. Yeah, so I picked up all the stuff from Marvel like Champions and Avengers and I was like I have no idea what's occurring. Yeah, or half these who half these people are. I know most of them were little kids. Like I'm sorry, no, yeah. you can't be Avengers. You're kids. No. <laughs> you yeah. could be young Avengers or something. Be a rule about that? Yes. Like there had there was like an age limit or something. It's like we're not going to put anyone in danger under the age of eighteen because it's goddamn irresponsible. I talked about it. Yeah. I talked about it two weeks ago. <laughs> New Warriors number one. Marvel boy showed up thinking he was hot shit. Yeah. 
ready to join the Avengers. And Captain America was like, go home. Go screw, kid. Yeah. Like, no. Go I home. I believe the X-Men actually broke up because of this exact issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they Cyclops wanted to train children to become a militia. Yeah. They're like, no, we're not doing it. What are we, Batman? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think all the little kids are gone now. They're in, they're in the champions. Oh, okay. Miles Morales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they are in the champions. Yeah. yeah, and that's a good book. Yeah. It's a fun book. It's cute. I don't read it. I'm, <laughs> I'm I read the first three issues. Yeah. I liked it. It wasn't enough for me to continue, but it's not written for me. You know? Sure, yeah. It's not for us. We're the old farts. Uh, well, I mean, this is a completely separate discussion, uh, but I've seen a lot of criticism about this online as well. I don't think Mark Wade is great at writing teens. No, it's not the best. <laughs> so. It's not the best. He's good at writing stories yes. and putting them in yes. high stakes. Yeah. I will say that. But no, I don't know that he has the connection to the uh, the kids. Yeah, he's will, like it's know? like uh, Steve Buscemi in 30 Rock. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> yeah. uh, hello, fellow teens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the narc. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, thanks for your call, buddy. Get back to those thanks kids. Lot, you? What you do, what my dad used to do when we were really young and we were hyper, he would make us, he would tell us, he would give us a dollar for every loop we ran around our house. And then like, <laughs> when we got up to like 30 or 40, we were like, couldn't even count anymore. And we were borderline unconscious and be like, all right, take a nap. I'm going to go count the money out and I'll get it to you. And then it'd be like, you did great. Here's three bucks, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and your kids are napping like, for the next two and a half hours. Yeah. We're like, yeah. Or you just lie and be like, here's a hundred dollars and give you a one, you know, <laughs> monster. That is genius. And I am so going to use that. Go for it. Go for it. Get them running right now. Thanks for your call, Kevin. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. Talk to you later. <laughs> now, Harvey, now. Do yep. it now, Harvey. Phone lines are open, Harv. Was there a call that we missed from Omaha that we can just call him? No. I don't know. They both blinked at the same time, and then I answered one, and the other one just blinked out. So I don't know. And Google Hangouts is not. Hey, here we go. This has got to be Harv. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? Hey, Aquaman superfan, Patrick. Patrick Kavanaugh. Uh, yeah, um, I got a quick question for your wife. Okay. Uh, is she coming to meet us at Dave's house, or is she meeting us at Faces? <laughs> uh, she's meeting you at the spa, so you ladies can all get a pedicure together, I think. Oh, we're going to be so beautiful. Yeah. You're gonna, I'm a little bit jealous, to You're going to have gorgeous piggy toes when you're done. Um, we should tell everyone, yeah. for the inside joke, it, it, they are celebrating we... The world is celebrating. Today K- is occasional Dave guest host Dave DeMarco's 40th birthday. 40, which is a disgusting age. Uh, Dave I speak is, from experience. Dave is not watching this video so that I can tell you it's a secret. Uh, uh, he's right here. He knows. Oh. Uh, we're getting him out of the house uh, for reasons. You could pretend that he's not there so we don't get busted by his lovely wife. I mean, come on. I mean, he's not here. He yeah. knows nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so Patrick and Casey, <laughs> Matt's wife Casey, uh, are taking Dave to get pedicures, and then later I was on, not invited because Dave likes my wife no, more. You have a job. You have to go to work. I didn't even <laughs> think about inviting work. you. I have to go to stupid work. Uh, and then later on, we're going to have some lunch, and then we might go fight some crime later. And it's going to be a great going, time. And then they're going to a Batman escape room challenge with my wife. Oh, She's uh, a, he didn't know that part. Spoilers. Oh, can he hear us? Are you on speakerphone? No, I'm not on speakerphone, but oh. you're talking really loud. Oh, well, whatever. I doubt he heard it. <laughs> the point being is you you dummies won't believe how quick she gets you out of there. It's crazy. She's an excellent at trivia, right. too. She's really good at this. Okay, good to know. All right, yeah, meet her at the spa. There we go, at the spa. Okay. 
All right. Thank Thanks, you, dude. Patrick. <laughs> Later. Later. So everybody, if you'd like to call in and wish occasional uh, ho- co-host Dave DeMarco happy birthday, today's the day to do it. Harvey. I'm For waiting. the love of God, Harvey, please call, call now. Again, We're, all we want to do is talk to you about I the need defenders. need to talk about the defenders. Let's just jump back into our defenders conversation while we're waiting for him to call. Okay. Uh, I felt like the main... Damn. All right. Hold on. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who this? It's Chase Magnet calling from Omaha. Chase Magnet? Of course you're calling from Omaha. And the funny thing is, I think Harv called in right with him, and I was like, I think that's Harv. And so I cut him off and got Chase. (laughs) 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 Not that that's a bad thing. It's always good to talk to you, brother. What do you want to rap about? Uh, Well, first of all, Joe, uh, glad to hear that you're back in fighting form. It's good to have you back. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to apologize in advance because this is going to be a little bit of a bummer. Okay. Um, but I, I, it's something I've basically been ignoring and just deciding not to, to talk about uh, up until when John from Jersey called last week, and I heard that. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about the Orca. All right. Oh, okay. Sure. Because I, I like the Orca's postcards. I like that he invites conversation, and even when he's brutally wrong, like saying that somehow Jason Aaron could ever compare to the god Walter Simonson. Um, <laughs> I really, I really like how he presents his arguments. I think he brings a lot of fun to the show mm-hmm. and presents good points, even when I don't agree with him, or especially when I don't agree with him. Fair enough. However, and I, I get it is a shtick. I'm not trying to ascribe personally uh, or personal like negative motives to the orca. Right. The the, the misogynistic jokes, things like that, mm-hmm. I think are 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 a genuine problem. Okay. And I, like I said, I get it's a shtick. I get that it's, it's the, oh, hey, look, you got this crazy racist uncle or like right. this, this old guy in your family that you can't say no to. Um, and I think part of the problem is that we don't say no or we don't point out, you know, what, that's, that's not an okay thing to say. That's not an okay joke to make, even if, even if you're like, well, their heart's in the right place or they don't mean it. Right. I think that by making those excuses, that's how we wind up with a president who goes around announcing that he grabs women, women by their genitals. Okay, I, I see where you're going there, but I also just, I have to point out every time this comes up, my wife does this too, and I'm like, sweetie, he didn't win the popular vote. <laughs> you know, like, okay, but that's, there like, was like a miracle of miracles that that's happened. That's beside the point. But that though, is man. beside the point. It's not yeah. the point. No, but, I, but I agree with what you're saying. Yes. Now, the sad part is 28% of the country <laughs> thinks it's fine to grab women by the pussy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Blows my mind. <laughs> Again, also not the point Jesus trying to make. But no, I hear you. I totally hear you. I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying at all. And, and I agree. You said yourself, it is a shtick. And I do think that shtick is funny. And there's a reason why Joe and I don't talk like that. Because we're not those people. You know? And neither is the orca. We all know that, obviously. But you're right. If it does bother people, then maybe it's not okay. And maybe we need to acknowledge that that's not all right. I come from a school where comedy is comedy and there's nothing we can't joke about. And if we can't joke about it, then we should just cry about it full time. And that's how I deal with everything in my life. But, you know, like on Matt, to that point, it's like jokes are jokes. I get it. But no, but there is a seriousness as well that you have to pay attention. We can't just brush everything off as ha ha. That was funny. He said Heil Hitler. Calling calling a woman a coos in a funny voice is not a joke. Well, you didn't need to bring that back up. I'm just saying. I'm just like I'm just. I'm just pointing that out. Like that's not that's not a joke. There's no punchline. Right. It's, it's not right. Like I'm also saying maybe that wasn't the best comedy writing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when it's funny and it's done funny, I'm into it. 
you know, and, yeah, when, and I, when it's hurtful or it upsets people, you know, it, like it depends where it's coming from, you know, like if someone's making fun of my little pony and people get really upset about that, well, screw you, you're a baby. But if someone is saying something that like truly offends someone, your from argument is on shaky point, ground. <laughs> what I'm saying from race or from a, a place of belief or something like that, yes, that's a different story, you know, or gender, yeah. whatever. And I, I think it goes to the, uh, the point of satire. Because satire yes. is, is intended to draw attention to a problem, and I, I don't think a lot of, of the misogyny in, in, those, in that shtick is effective satire. I mean, you, you can label anything satire if you want to. However, I don't think it actually points out a problem. It, he absolutely has a right to say these things. He absolutely has a right to make these jokes. Sure. People have a right to laugh at them. I'm not disputing any of that. The flip side of which is, is why is it there? What purpose does it serve? And I, I genuinely don't feel like it serves a purpose, and it's really off-putting because, like I said, I, I enjoy the jokes about like the wilderness and like living in, in a rural area. I enjoy lots of the points he makes. I like the way that he constructs arguments, but that stuff, I, I would have a hard time finding a justification for its existence. Fair Not enough. Not that it doesn't have a right to exist. Right. Right. But I, and like I appreciate you saying that, Chase. I really appreciate you saying sexist. that. Yes. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that when you say not that it doesn't have a right to exist because, and one of the things that, that is scary about free speech is that it also protects really, really ugly speech. But that is important because we don't always get to decide what is and what is not ugly. And it's that but fine line. But we do get to decide because it's our show. Yes. No, <laughs> so, absolutely. Like, absolutely. But you're right in the sense that people have a right to say whatever the fuck like, they want. Freedom you know? of... And we have the right to say, mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. You know what I mean? And that's what Chase is yeah. doing. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Freedom of... In, in a, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I guess it's to kind of to make a, a, a final point. The reason I bring it up is we're talking about bad habits, right? Mm -hmm. And I think comics has a really bad habit about being apolitical or saying, well, if, if you challenge anything somebody says or somebody's belief, that's bad in and of itself. And my hope is that when, when folks like John from Jersey and, and other folks are calling and saying, you know what, this, this is kind of an issue, is that we can have a, a conversation, we can be productive about it. And my hope is that, that the Orca listens to these calls and, and hopefully recognizes that like, it's not that, that we hate him or don't think he should be on the show, but that, that there is a genuine problem with some of the jokes he makes. And, and I hope he thinks about that. Right and, and I want to address it in an open and productive manner. Yes. Right. And I'm super... And, and I wish comics did that more. I yes. totally agree. Yes. I don't I'm... have a problem with the discussion. I have the problem with people saying, we can't have the discussion, just need to go away. No, stop. That is my problem. I want to discuss this stuff. I want to hear your argument. I want to have an open... Like you said, out in the open, reasonable discussion because that's how we learn and that's how we come together and that's how we find common ground. And I'm you know? I'm super appreciative of everybody that's called in and and uh, put their two cents in about it. Starting with with Jim Kettner, right? Um, because everyone was like super positive and super thoughtful. Although I think Kettner had his shirt off at the time and was beating on his chest. He did that. You know, like, we we don't know Kettner that. Kettner and him it's... had they had old beef going back to <laughs> the Fantastic Four, so it's hard to know. Um, but you know, and that's something that I really appreciate about our audience in particular. Uh, you know, the internet is a terrifying, scary place. Yes. Uh, if you go on Twitter for more than five minutes at a time, it's like staring into the eclipse, but for your brain. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so that's why I'm so thankful uh, about our group of uh, of listeners uh, that call into the show, that send in MP3s, that listen without contributing. Yeah. Uh, that came out wrong. I don't mean that you don't contribute, but I mean, like, you just no, appreciate it in silence. If you're just listening and you're not paying us, you are not <laughs> contributing. I that's can't say not that. right. No. There's no other point there. <laughs> uh, or that just, like, lurk on the forums. Like, I appreciate our our group that right. we have built 
Um, and I think part of that is uh, because like I can't necessarily speak for Matt, but I, I've always wanted to be the sort of show um, that anybody can feel comfortable calling in and talking to us about anything. Um, I mean, you can't speak for me. No, I, I mean, <laughs> I, not this guy. No, I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about like from my own perspective. Screw you, nerds. <laughs> I just mean I'm touched. I'm just talking about my right, own right, perspective. Right. No, like, I got you. I got you. I've wanted to. I've wanted to be the sort of welcoming and inviting show. Uh, where like Amy from North Dakota can call in and talk right. about whatever, and if Amy wants to make a dirty joke, she can. Or if uh, that uh, Heather that called in who had just started reading comics because of her husband, you know, still hasn't called us back. By the way, we need to know what you think yeah, about you those know, comics. We but like I I want everybody to feel like they can call in. Yeah. Um, and we're not always going to get everything right. No. Um, we're a virtual comic shop. That's what we are. You come here to talk but comics. I want to be the kind of virtual comic book shop that you and I are used to working in, not right. the sort of virtual comic shop. Not the whites-only comic shop we used to work in. <laughs> not the... <laughs> right. not the see, we never again, worked in a whites-only comic shop. That is not a funny okay. joke. <laughs> <laughs> not the kind of... Not, the kind, not a virtual comic shop that's like a stereotypical mom's basement dweller. Right. Yeah. Stinky men's right. locker room. You know, you I... Know. And I... As much as I appreciate the Orca's contributions... The stinky nerds are welcome, too, though. They are. Yes. You know? Uh, as much as I appreciate the Orca's contributions, and like Chase said, he's very thoughtful about his arguments. Yeah. And I think that he's given us all, all a lot to think about from week to week. Um, I do think maybe it's gone a little far with the shtick. And so I appreciate the discussion. I want him to keep contributing. I don't want this to be like, hey, we're piling on the Orca. No. But... And I will say the shtick has been dialed back with the last few postcards, most definitely. I agree with that. Big time. Yeah. I mean, he's been more than appropriate. So I think he's listening. And well, that's fine. He's been slightly more appropriate. Well, yeah. I mean, he's like beating his kids in the story, which I'm fine with. We're all fine with child abuse. I mean, come on. This is America. This is, <laughs> you know? It's this kind of mixed signal. All right, Chase. Thanks for we your call, go, buddy. Man. Hey. Appreciate it, buddy. Hey, and, and, and thank you both, and thanks to all the callers every week, because like, everything you were just saying about the show, I completely agree with. There's a reason I listen every week, and I really enjoy listening to these, uh, these call-in shows. So awesome. Thanks for doing that. Thank you, Chase. Love you, buddy. Thank you for calling. Cover to cover. Caller, who dis? No, uh-uh. Whoa. Hello? What's happening there? <laughs> I've been calling for like an hour straight. D, what's happening, brother? Yeah, this is D. Hi, D. And so we, we when the second we answered the phone, I heard someone go, "No, ah," uh-uh. and I was like, "What did we do? Oh God!" Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my wife yelling at my son. Oh, okay. It. <laughs> it's funny. We were just discussing child abuse. It, That's great. You know what, D? Yeah. I don't know why I didn't think I didn't automatically assume. I maybe it's just because I'm a modern gentleman, but like I did not know you were married. I think I knew he was married. All right. Yeah. I don't I don't talk about myself very often. Welcome I'm to the welcome mister. to the old married dudes club. Yeah, welcome to the old married dudes club. How's it going? What do you want to rap about, it's D? A, it's a different <laughs> jean jacket than the yeah, MP3 yeah, yeah. crew. I wanna I wanna uh, what do they call those guys? Those leather jackets, pilot jackets. They're oh, like, like a breakers. bomber, like a bomber jacket? Oh, you're talking oh, about members only. Yeah, 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 yeah. Members only. Yeah, yeah members dude. only windbreakers, bro. Yeah. yeah. I'd wear those. We go. could go break dance in the corner. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Be <laughs> <laughs> down with that. What do you want to rap about today, I'm you doing better, Joe. I didn't listen to the last episode. I probably should go back and listen to it because I, I caught a little bit of your Facebook live stream talking about the Orca. Yes. Is I guess Orca did something to piss somebody off last episode. No, I know Kettner was pissed episode before that. Uh, it was just a more general discussion about yeah. the some of the Orca's 
mm, content. Right. It's satire. That's what he does. He just it's it's satirical. You don't totally take it agree. Seriously. Totally agree. But there are some people that, yeah, no, and I agree. I'm with you hundred percent, but there are other people like, and Joe brought up a good point. If we want to bring, like we keep saying, Hey, where's the ladies come and call us ladies. If we want to bring, you know, more women in, then maybe we do need to make it a little more acceptable and open for women to come in. And not everybody might realize if you haven't been tuned in for the show for six years, you might not realize that all of it's like, I want to, I want to say this, uh, uh, Matt and I, have a long running relationship and we're very used to making outrageous jokes to one another that obviously we know that we do not believe. Well, like in the comedy business, they call them right. green room jokes and right. they're, and they're jokes like, that comics tell to other comics that there's no right. like, way they could say on stage. Matt and I have you said know? things to each other that we will never repeat right. in public to and anybody. It's not because we're racist <laughs> right. or we're psychopaths. It's, like, it's because that shit is funny. Well, you and know? it's be, yeah, because like, humor. Yeah. yeah. And because we know each other and we're comfortable enough with our own relationship to be able to do that and know that the other person doesn't mean it. Right. Um, not everybody is go. in on that joke. Yes. And that's where I think the problem lies with some of what the Orca does. Yes. That's the end of that. Okay, I, we're I done with this. A, I want to make a public comments. announcement. I love the Orca. I think he's hilarious. I know like what he says is nothing more but just stupid idiotic jokes. And they come off with a good delivery in, his, in his content. He's uh, good at very, what he does. Absolutely. Totally with you. Totally with you, D. But I wanted to talk to you guys about a, about a book I'm reading currently. I got maybe three more chapters left of it. I'm not sure if you guys read it or not. Okay. It's called Ready Player One. <laughs> we did. We reviewed it. We no, re- no, no. Ready Player One is a novel. Oh. Yeah. Wasn't um, there a comic adaptation? No, no, no. It's no. a novel. It's a novel. Okay, I have not. Make a movie out of it. I don't know anything about a, it. Steven Spielberg is making a movie this, out of it. This book is a hallmark to nerds, and I love every page of this book. Joe's making a face. He I, doesn't love it. It's okay. Go on, D. No, go on. Go on. Go on. Yeah, I'll Joe, chime in when D is done. I'll chime in when D is done. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'm reading this book, and it's, it's like a throw to everything 80s, 90s, and current in nerdum. And it's just when I read this thing, I tell myself I could have wrote this, but it looks everybody. It brings my imagination out. It just gives me such like glee and joy reading this thing. It's like an epic little scavenger hunt. I don't want to like tell like much of the story, but uh, it's pretty much like this video game creator creates this video game in this dystopian type world. Uh, it's a VR game. Everyone can go in and create avatars, do just about whatever they please. The creator dies. When he dies, he has to scavenger hunt a $240 billion if you find the answer to all these clues. My son likes it too. He's been reading it also. <laughs> <laughs> um. So but yeah, that's the story. Yeah, and and they're making a, a big budget Steven Spielberg movie about right. it, and the trailer came out at Comic Con, um, and it's very flashy and it looks cool, and yeah, D is right. It is like it is a nonstop. It's, like it's a nonstop stream of pop culture references. Right. Uh, so what's your problem? Specifically engineered to key into the brain of a gentleman our age. Oh. Um, and to me, it it's just. For us. Yes. Um, but it, it was written by the CIA. And, uh, That's what you like, They're programming you, D. They've got you. No, like to me, it was just. Well, there are a couple the of reasons. fucking man has got you. Again. <laughs> yeah, again, <laughs> not again. He made, me, he made me have kids. Now I'm reading this I book. told yep. myself and never you again. You got married. You bought into the American <laughs> ideal. And now you're seeing Ready Player One. You know? Um, 
so like I uh, got the audiobook version, which is narrated by Will Wheaton. Will oh, Wheaton. really? That's Will not how Wheaton? I'm reading it all, so. I hate Will Wheaton. Wheaton. You hate Will Wheaton? <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm not the biggest fan of Wheaton either, but it's still worth like giving the book a go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I have a soft spot like, for him. I'm like, <laughs> like, I think he's adorable. Okay. That's fine. Like maybe like having Will Wheaton show up in things or, right. or whatever is one thing. He's not like Kevin Smith or but anything. I, mean, I don't like <laughs> listen. I do not like listening to Will Wheaton talk at length. And Good the, God. Yeah. And it was just like. Smarmy nerd dude reading nerd things. Oh, okay. And it's just okay. like, I got like three chapters it into comes that off book. It's like trite. Right. And Wait, also you- manipulative. Like, yeah, I hopped into my DeLorean and I drove to Pac Man Town and I punched <laughs> Mega Man in the face. If, if you're tough reading the book, there's like three or four references to Will Wheaton inside the book. Yeah, right. Your heads up. And, and so, like, I just, it was like the perfect storm of things that I absolutely did not want to experience. Okay. Um, that's not the book's fault. Yeah, and that was the audio book. To be fair, yeah, that's that was Will the audio fault. book. Right. Fuck Will Wheaton. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, fuck Will Wheaton. Wheaton, get the fuck out of here. We don't like uh, you. No, I like Wheaton. I really do. But I don't mind Wheaton. He was kind of annoying, but I don't mind him. Yeah, I mean, I, he's just kind of a famous dork, right? That's like but his I job. Think yeah. He's just kind he, of a he's smarmy like a, a downgrade of Chris Hardwick. Yeah. 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 Oh, Chris Hardwick. That's it. Uh, not as good looking yeah. and not quite as funny. The difference to me, but the it. difference That's to me between uh, Will Wheaton and Chris Hardwick uh, is that Chris Hardwick seems sincere and genuine and joyful yeah. about enjoying these the things, theory. and Will Wheaton is like kind of a troll. Kind of a troll, he's right? Kind of a he troll. seems like kind of a troll. I don't mind that, but yeah, he's kind yeah. of a troll. <laughs> Definitely. And it's only a matter of time before he ends up on that fucking AMC comic book men show. And then the circle is complete. You know, like, God. And then him and Kevin Smith can hold hands and walk into the Jersey Shore. It's all personal preference. I get it. I get it. D, we got another call coming in. Thank you for calling. Always good to hear from you, buddy. Yeah. Kiss your wife and smack that kid for me, will you? Tell him Uncle Matt says hello. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? This is Seanix. Seanix. What's happening, buddy? Why why are you guys talking about Chris that Chris guy on your show? Chris Hardwick? Just, yes, boss. Just stop. You don't just, like Hardwick? Just, I like Chris Hardwick. Oh, just Oh, stop. Look, I'm with you. Stop. I hated him and hated him and hated the hell out of him for a long time. No. And he won me no. over with at midnight. That is where he won no. me over. Right. I think he's just a fun-loving no. dude that yeah. happened to... He's a nice guy. He happened to luck out. Like, yeah. Like, so no. Chris Hardwick... Okay, no. hold on. Hold on. Seanix, okay. defend. Let's no. hear it. Let's hear it. It's all no, right, he doesn't though. want to defend. But, he's like, no, he's mad no, about it. It's, I mean, it, it's been a weird show so far. I've been enjoying it. It's, <laughs> it's been it's been, it's been, been up and down. It's been a little bit crazy. Some more orca, orca talk. He keeps showing up every weekend, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to weigh in on that because I weighed in on the old episodes. Fair enough. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, my worst habit, though, guys. Oh, look I, at that. I, Subject I was downstairs. <laughs> I was downstairs today. There's a box, a long box that I have that's not bagged and bored. That's a bad it's, habit. That is a bad habit. Like, I have my collection. I have like two collections. Well, there's like seven because I haven't combined my previous one and then the one that I gained later. So 
like everything's kind of collected and bagged and bored, but there's this one box. And what I did today, I pulled a big chunk and I'm going to give it to a friend and she's going to use it for some craft projects. So good, good. It, it's, it's kind of working. That's so. good. I mean, we both agree that comic books are frail and they have to be taken care of, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now let me ask you a question. Yes. At one point in your life, you had a grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's still around or not. That's not the point. The point is when grandmothers get older, it's kind of hard for them to walk. And sometimes they have a cane. Or sometimes they have a walker. Would you take that cane or that walker away from your grandmother and just leave her standing there? No. You would right. take grandma. I love you. You need this. Here's your walker. Here's your cane. Your comic books need bags and boards. So they <laughs> right. need them. Right. I'm it sorry. is bad for them not to have them. They will fall over. They will crinkle. Their spine will roll. They'll bend. All kinds of terrible oh, shit. You, you should have saw the front, like the front grouping I pulled out of there. It was all like leaning to one side. Ugh. And it, like, my heart just like it awful. fell a little bit. That's awful. And so <laughs> I, they're all stacked nice and neat now. I'm kind of working on them and I'll get, I'll get them taken care of. But Good. Yeah. They're in triage right now. So That's we're, we're working <laughs> on triage. them. And the ones that aren't going to make it and get cut up for an art project. I love it. Right, right, right. Or donated or, (laughs) you know, you know, free comic book days on the horizon always. So, you know, give them to your shop. They can sell them as quarter books, whatever, you know, it's it's what you got to do. Sure. You know, spread the love. There you go. Yeah. That's sweet. That's sweet. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I yelled at you. I just, no, no, no. I get passionate. Hey, who, anybody watching the tick though? Yes. Yes. I'm three episodes Uh, in. I am also three episodes in. It's wonderful. It's so good. It's wonderful. not not yeah. to get too spoilery, but like I thought for a minute there that they were really gonna say that Arthur was just crazy. Yeah, and that the right. take was not real. Yes, and right. you know what? It would not surprise me if that's where they were going with the pilot, the way that it was made. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Right. Sure. And Ben Edlund was finally like, "No, let me do it. Let me just do the tick story." And they were like, "Fuck it, well, everybody wants that." But, nah. It was totally written that way. It was all spelled out. Even the costume was different and shit. And then they make a joke about it. Yeah, but like in if the you, first if episode, you, it's like you look different. You look real. But if you, <laughs> you know? no, no, because like if you watched, I rewatched the pilot, um, and like the tick shows up without Arthur and throws a bunch of guys around on the dock. Right. And then they reference right. it later. Like Arthur was nowhere near there. That was the first. That wasn't right, the right. pilot though. That was the second episode. No, that was the first episode. That was the pilot episode. But they yeah. don't mention that. He was wearing that because he, he was wearing that ugly suit. And yeah. it just it looked it looked terrible and he's walking and he's taking on all of those guys. But none yeah. of that that none of that is mentioned until the second episode. So we don't know if that's actually happening. Yes, or we do. It ha- you know, it happens in the first episode. Right. And then later those guys show up at Arthur's apartment. And that's where the episode ends. That's the cliffhanger. Oh no, you're right. Okay. You're right. Um they show up to yeah. kill Arthur because the tick has stolen the costume. Yes. And they shoot him and it bounces off. Yeah, right. Yeah. Matt, you, uh, you don't go up against Sean and Joe. Oh, okay? please. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but like please. It, it's just <laughs> ambiguous enough that I thought, oh my God. Yeah, what if the tick is They might exist? really say that the tick is not real. Which I would have hated. Yeah. I would have hated it too. Uh, I but hated it. but for the for the episode and a half that I wondered about it, <laughs> I was really into it. <laughs> A little upset, no chair face Chippendale. You know, that's too bad. It's early. I know. We don't know. It's still early. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it's they pull it off. Right. right. <laughs> that Miss Lynn is great. <laughs> She's, yeah, totally. Miss Lynn. Miss Lynn. She's yeah. like, you're the only one that didn't get the eye tattoo. What's that about? She's like, I kind of already had something going on with my eye. <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> that's great. 
Yeah, I mean, and I'm a little bit, I was a little bit upset about the whole Patrick Warburton because I loved his tick, but this, he, yeah. He's one of the he's producers the, of the yeah, show. Yeah, he's an executive producer, I saw yeah. his name in the Yeah, yeah, I, I know that, but it's just, and this is, just he nailed it, but yeah. this guy's just, he's doing great, too. So Peter Serafinowicz you know, is nothing. absolutely doing a Patrick Warburton impersonation. I like, mean, there's no doubt. Like, I, I loved, uh, <laughs> I loved, like, the idea that, uh, Patrick Warburton loved the tick so much that he just couldn't bear to let it go. Yeah. It's just like, I yeah. got to get the, I got to get the tick back on TV. And to be fair, I feel like both the actors are probably just doing an impersonation of the tick cartoon. Yeah. Right. I mean, without right. doubt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> of course. And Ben Edlund of is course. writing it. So it is tone perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Like all yeah. his ridiculous and narratives. Something, are, <laughs> narration. Something that is. funny that I've <laughs> noticed is that they keep, he keeps repeating just like real quick gags from from the original Tick comics. Yeah. So like yeah. the Tick comics, you know, came first, obviously, and he'd have his jokes. Sure. And then the Tick cartoon came out, and then he replicated some of those jokes on the cartoon, which was great. Uh, and then the Tick show with Patrick Warburton came out years later, and they did it again. Yeah. <laughs> and now even more <laughs> years later, <laughs> yeah. like I in the preview for the Tick, like in the commercial – you can you can see that they're gonna redo the joke where he jumps off the roof and he's like, "I'll just bounce off this flagpole and flip to safety." Yeah, and it snaps under <laughs> his weight immediately. Yeah. like they're doing that gag again. Right, and I'm like, I'm like I love that they keep like retrying those those classic bits. Yeah, just continuity. You know, yeah, just, like, <laughs> it's great. Well, it's, it's just who the tick is, you know. Right, it's, and it's, it's also like a. a a new batch of eyes watching it. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, like how I like, I wonder what percentage of people watching the tick now have seen every iteration of the tick since, you know, <laughs> since his inception. I'm curious. Probably Cause there can't be many. a whole lot of people that are like, Oh, this looks interesting. Yeah, you like, know, like, well, I, I feel like true. most of the people that are going to come to this are people that know and drag other people's kicking and screaming yeah, right. into it who are going to go, Oh, this is actually really funny. Yeah. Like Casey watched with me. She really liked it. Yeah, I'm very excited yeah. about it. They're doing a great job. Yeah. Sean, thank you for your call, buddy. Well, of course, guys. It's always good talking to you. I mean, now we had like three of the Pathgrinders on the show today. So I know. You got it. Yeah. Wow, this is like yeah, a dr- Pathgrinder takeover. Yeah. I, see I know. Pretty soon. Because Lisa will never call in because he's, pu- you know, he's a puss. I so. see. It's true. <laughs> That's how it starts. <laughs> All right, Sean. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, you guys have a great day. You too. Harvey, the ringer was on that entire time. Harvey Locust, what are the first three digits of your telephone number? I, it's not 509, I'll bet. <laughs> Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Holy shit, I got through. Hey! This is a miracle. It's Ethan. Ethan! Oh, What's happening, Ethan. buddy? <laughs> See, I just called from a burner phone just so you knew you couldn't block oh, I like, I don't know. If, I don't know where you get this impression that we have. I it. should have known, but it said Uzbekistan. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> like, All right, like, well. Ethan, we don't have our shit together enough to block people, to yeah. screen people. Like, I, know, I know you like to picture like someone sitting behind the glass, going, "All right, caller, thanks for calling THN Cover to Cover. What do you want to talk to Joe and Matt about?" But we don't have anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> there is no firewall between us and you. Like, uh, <laughs> we've uh, we've got uh, we've got uh, John from Jersey online too. Yeah, yeah no, it's just like whoever ends up ends up. Like, nobody cares about your wiener, pervert. Call her next, you know, whatever. <laughs> what do you want to rap about today, <laughs> Ethan? Uh, I wanted to call and talk about the atrociousness of them making these Joker films. Yes. Ah, oh. yes. 
My God, it makes my blood boil so bad. I don't care that they say Scorsese's involved. The director and writer is from The Hangover. Yeah. Which, That's, and not even the first Hangover. Hangover 2 and 3. No, the first Hangover, the Hangover was one guy the whole time. No, it's one guy, and then he executive produced the other two, and I think it was a different director. No, I Todd Phillips directed Todd The Phillips Hangover. all three of yes. them? Okay, well, the first one was fine. It was funny. I liked it. The second two, garbage. Pure garbage. Suicide Squad, garbage. Jared Leto as the Joker, garbage. Good actor. I like Jared Leto. Very good actor. And... For his sake, he probably did everything that the director asked him to do. I hate this Joker. And I hate this Harley. Oh, yes. Yeah, but and the I Scorsese need- joke, the Todd Phillips movie is not that Joker. It's the it's the out of continuity one. It is. So it's gonna be a different Joker and a different Harley. No. The Harley and Joker movie is a separate movie than the Martin Scorsese Joker movie. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, sorry. So we're gonna have Wait, so then what's the Scorsese? business going to be then just completely separate like a 1980s kind of style crime origin thing they're talking an evergreen story (laughs) if you will (laughs) so yeah they're talking about like a a different actor like a younger actor kind of like maybe like a killing joke style origin of the joker like they they said it was like taxi driver-esque which i don't i don't i don't personally connect those two dots but well, and this, is, and this goes back to one of my main problems with it, whether or not it's Jared Leto or Suicide Squad, whatever. I, I don't want that either. But we don't need an origin for the Joker. We don't need it. it it's the same no, way like not at all. when we got the remake of the Halloween and the remake of Friday the 13th, the remake of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. The first thing they try and do. What about H2O, though? Yeah. Halloween 20 years later. That was Halloween terrible. <laughs> the first thing they try and do is like, here is your definitive new origin of a character that we don't fucking need. I don't ever want to see the origin of the Joker. No, we don't like, need to. As far as I'm concerned, the Joker is a mystery that is born from chaos. And there's all these different stories of who like, he could be. Give me, give me the was- red, give me the Red Hood part of it, where like he's just some guy. Sure. That's under a, under a mask with a gang. Right. And you don't know who he is before the Red Hood, and he jumps into the vat, and then he's the Joker. I don't sure. need anything before that. That's fine. Yeah, I don't need to see, oh, he's a, he's a car salesman, and his wife had an affair, and he lost his job, and he's, oh, man, he's so mad, he went crazy. No. Fuck that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't need that. And the- obviously, you would have Batman in the film, which I don't know even if that would be a good idea, but yeah. as negative as we could be about this, if you were going to have a Joker movie be the best that you can imagine, what do you think the storyline should be, whether it's an origin movie or not? I think, they're going to make one regardless, so what would you want it to be? I mean, can I fantasy book this all the way like clear out of reality? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> fantasy booking it clear out of reality, I wish it would have spun right out of Nolan's Dark Knight Returns, and they would have done a killing joke story with that character, with that Joker. That's what I would like to have seen. And, and I'm not saying it even has to be frame by frame, but stick close to it, show what happens when Batman brings people into his family and realizes that he is vulnerable through them, not just his own life and stuff like that. You know, that's what I would have liked to have seen. And I don't want to know where he came from. I don't want to know who he is. I want the pure chaos of that Joker. 
in that story. That was the beauty about that portrayal of the Joker. Yeah. Because he told like three different origin stories. It was perfect. No one knew. And it's and not important. even the three that he gave may have been. Right. They meant, none of them may not have been. It's Kaiser right Solze from The Usual Suspects. Yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah, right. There's horror stories. And there we, we don't know. And it's not important. What's important is it all culminates into this character that you're scared of and you can't get enough of on screen. I did not feel like that for one second in the Suicide Squad. All I could think was, please, Barbara, please, please, please go away. Batman have to have sex in it, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah that's I the, want, like, long. Where was that? Where did that even come from no, but in I the want Killing Joke cartoon? Long, like, soft where, what were they Ryan thinking? <laughs> long, soft core 80s sex scene, like Cinemax style, right? Where you're like, you almost <laughs> see boob, and they like spend way too much time on their hands, and their chins are pressed, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's just the dumbest. That was so dumb. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the animated Killing Joke, which was not good. I'm tired of people telling me it was good. <laughs> it wasn't. Batman no. and Barbara get together. And they don't just get together, not just in love. They have a full-on sex scene. Yeah. Dumb. Like, yeah, it's, it's stupid. Uh, Ethan, this is the portion of the show where I will prove Matt wrong and he will edit it out in the finished version, but you get to hear it so that you know it happened. <laughs> What's that? Todd Phillips directed all three Hangover okay, movies. Okay, fine. There we go. <laughs> Regardless, I don't want him directing a Joker movie. <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't need to see a funny slapstick Joker and Harley movie spinning out of... Suicide Squad at all. If I if I were to if I were to make my own fantasy Joker movie, I would say give me an origin story of the Joker's relationship with Batman. Not like where the Joker came from, but right. how the Joker ended up entangled with Batman when they were both getting started. Sure. Like that is Nice. Kind of like uh was that that uh what was that book? The the man who laughs was that kind of the man to be? who laughs. Yeah, it was yeah. sort of like that, right? Yeah, that would be perfect. That, that adaptation would be great. Like a year one, like a Joker year one. Yeah, like he's already the Joker. Mm -hmm. Where do we go from the point he comes out of the lake of acid? And don't overexplain it. That's the that's the worst part of these movies. Freddy Krueger, they over like, oh, turns out he was innocent. Turns out he didn't do it, and they killed him wrongly. And yeah, then he comes that, back as a vengeful that's spirit. That's the remake. No, in the original one, he was a it, child murderer. Right, right. Yeah. He was a very bad guy. In the Nightmare you know? on Elm Street remake, Freddy Krueger is totally justified yeah, in everything he does. Totally. And like in the <laughs> Halloween remake, Michael Myers was like, oh, he was like a Columbine kid. He was ugly and he didn't fit in, and he had weird hair, and his mom was a slut and his sister was a slut stop it stop it michael myers was scary because he was a kid like you and me and one day murdered his sister for no reason whatsoever psychopath could happen to you could happen to me could happen to your kid next door that's why it's scary we don't know i don't need the wool pulled away from the joker and that's what they're gonna try and do and i hate it i hate it well i feel sorry thanks a lot i wish we could have a lot ethan i wish we could have had a heated argument all right <laughs> this is why we screen your phone you calls <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your well, call I'm, brother. I'm keeping this burner i'm keeping this burner strategy up you guys never know when i'm coming i know <laughs> next week we're like a caller from tibet we've got to take this wow <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, I'm happy you're uh, live. Thanks, so, buddy. Uh, I'll yes. talk to you guys next week. See you later. Sounds good, brother. All right, turn off the ringer. It, oh my God, this, Harvey. This better be you. I'm I'm extending our call time. This better be you. Thank you for calling you're THN Cover to Cover. This better be Harvey Locust. It is. It's Harvey yeah! Locust. 
<laughs> we did it. Where's my ticket? Our final call of the day. Uh, thanks for calling Sweet 98. Who's this? <laughs> Oh, let's talk about the defenders, Harv. Calling from the tarmac. Are are you getting ready? I call in hot defenders. Let's talk about the defenders. What'd you think? I liked it a lot. Did you? I, I have to, I have to come out and and rightfully say that I liked Iron Fist. Really? And not a lot of people say that. So wow, no, not a lot of people say that. My opinion. (laughs) You're welcome to it, but I think you're the only one. You know. Hey, I, what can I say? I mean, I, I don't know much about Iron Fist, the comic book character, other than the few, like him showing up in like big events, you know, like I know he was like a big deal of like part of the trying to protect us from the Phoenix force back in the AVX days. Oh boy. Yes. And he's wearing all white. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I still hate the white costume. I I didn't hate it. I thought it was kind of neat. Hmm. And there was a so, reason why it was there. My Iron Fist is green and yellow. Oh, listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a lot of people are saying that he's a uh, that you know they're like just he's bad. He's a bad Iron Fist. He's a bad Iron Fist. And to me, that's part of the story. He's supposed to be. I a mean, bad they Iron did. Fist. They did make that part of the story. That's true. Yeah. They did address the fact back. that he was such a fuck up was part of the story. And they also addressed like he's been removed from society, so he's kind of a weirdo and stuff like that. I, I just. I get it. And I hear what you're saying. And you're not the only one to say this. My buddy Chaz, he liked Iron Fist as well. And he liked it because he, he took it from that point of view. Like, yeah, the guy's kind of a weirdo. He's been gone for so long. He's been being beat on by mystic monks. He's not totally normal, but he's also not insane. You know what I mean? But he's like, very he, childish. He is childish, but he didn't come out of there crazy. He didn't come out of there thinking everyone's going to be like, yay, the immortal Iron Fist is here. We all know who the immortal Iron Fist is, right? Yay. No, but he yeah. struts well, around like yeah. that. I think, uh, I think Kettnerd was, was uh, saying something about how he keeps calling himself the Iron Fist. Yeah. And to me, that always came off as him kind of having to remind himself and to be like, and also going back to the only thing he knows is his training. Sure. That he's supposed to be this all important figure. He's also from a secret <laughs> mystic Kung Fu city. Okay. The key word in that sentence being secret. And the first thing he does is tell everyone, I'm from Kunlun, a I mean, mystic city. <laughs> no, no, hold on now. I don't know why it's a secret. It, just because it's mystical and, and. They were keeping it quiet so and protected and stuff like that because they have enemies and all that. They, he totally addresses that. And they go into the. They were all killed because of you. You got them killed when you left and they found out where the city was and everything like that. Yeah, the guy has a huge fucking mouth and basically drew a map <laughs> for anyone that wanted to listen. <laughs> like, I want to go back to the point about him being childish. Um. Like, I get that he was removed from human society. Right. But, like, he didn't go into suspended animation and just wake up an adult. No, and he also Like, he didn't... still lived those years. Why wasn't he acting more like a Zen monk? Right. He also didn't go underwater and come up too fast, you know, or something, where he got <laughs> the like, bends and his, brain, oh, no. and his brain's right. not working, you know? <laughs> but don't forget, though, though there was, you know, he, we did have scenes where it showed his time in Kung Lung, those guys were just beating the shit out of him. See, and I didn't like constantly. that. I didn't like that either. You know, I, 
Isn't getting hit, isn't getting smacked with bamboo reeds like a time honored? That is one of the training yeah. regiments. That is one of the thirty six chambers. I mean, yes, but if, there's yeah. several others. You know, this just looked like they're like, all right, time for your training. It kind of reminded me of the Nolan Batman. To an extent, you know. To an extent, you know the way he. But but don't you agree anyway. that Batman came out of his training acting like a ninja? And Iron Fist came out of his training acting like a stupid kid that can't even <laughs> yeah. beat someone up with beat up a common street thug with a handgun. He's like, oh, yeah. I, oh no, I'm a master of kung fu. Stop. <laughs> you know? Let me hit you with my well, head. That's, yellow that's the other complaint a lot of people have was the kung fu in it. And I personally am. I like I like uh, crouching tiger kind of kung fu as compared to Ong Bak kind of kung fu. Sure. I like both for different reasons. And what and what he's addressing is wire work where a person is obviously flying through the air doing things that are absolutely not possible. And Ong Bak is more a, like a kickboxing film where it's just punishment. It's two people yeah. beating the hell out of each other. And right. I, yeah, I like both for different reasons. I would argue... Which they, I think is the contrast between Daredevil and... I agree. And I wish that I would have seen more of that. I want to see Daredevil going down the hallway, beating the crap out of dudes. And then those dudes getting up and him having to do it again in this very violent struggle. Iron Fist, I agree, should fly in, should spin around, should knock people through, you know, walls and crap like that. He should be full on crouching tiger, hidden dragon. They're not doing that. They're going halfway with it. It's like yeah, every once in a while think- he'll jump up and do something kind of cool, but the rest of the time he's just struggling in a one-on-one fight with some dude that Daredevil wins in 30 seconds. You know, I mean, well, I think they're holding him back story-wise, big time, intentionally. Well, maybe because I because they well uh, even wasn't it Elektra who told him in the Defenders that he doesn't even realize how much how powerful he actually could be if he. Did actually know how to you know concentrate his chi? Like oh he yeah, right. Yeah. He's not using it to his to its full potential. Or if he got some right. sleep and stopped screaming all night or something. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he. You know, I mean, I think right now he is at a power level of like maybe three, and he can easily turn it up to an eight if he. He can get if he can get there. I suppose. Well, and maybe. And I don't mean to keep telling you no or you're wrong. I suppose <laughs> I see what you're saying, but I also feel like dude came out of this training. He beat the dragon of Kung Lun. Okay, we he went there. He beat the dragon. He is the immortal Iron Fist. You're not starting at three at that point. If you went in at one, you didn't get up to three and master everything. If you, you w- got up to nine point five, if you, know? you went in with a, if you went in with an energy projection of one, like Aunt May, <laughs> shut up! Don't start this again. I'm just saying, you know, you beat the dragon of Kun Loon and you become the immortal Iron Fist. You're at least a nine. You're at least a nine. You're one of the most powerful kung fu fighters in the Marvel universe. Period. Like Daredevil cannot take you. All right, look, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> All right, uh, hey guys. Harvey, thank you. Uh, I can understand, like, what from uh, the perspective of somebody that doesn't really sure. follow the comics. Yes. If you find things to like in Iron Fist, that's great. I don't think Iron Fist is uh, the worst thing ever. I think that it's the weakest of the four. And quite honestly, had I come into this not seeing Iron Fist at all, I might not feel quite as 
violent towards that character as I do, <laughs> there would still be things I'd say like, well, he's really stiff in his delivery. His acting's not great. I think he was better in the defense. But I think they were all stiff in this. I, uh, when they interacted, it would, came off as kind of stiff. Oh, I don't agree. Well, I see. I never felt like Danny and him paired up for any reason. Well, they, they just or Danny met. and Luke. I get that. Like but the, like, the, in t- the season of Defenders takes place over the course of like three days. And like, I'm sorry, yeah. but if I'm Luke and I like Jessica, I would still be like, you know what? Why don't you just fucking leave? <laughs> You've been really rude. You're no fun to be around and nobody likes you. <laughs> but, that, but that protect your neck scene, man, when they dropped oh, yeah. Wu-Tang, that yeah. was... That was it, man. That that's was, also still that, like that made the whole that right made it out all worthwhile. That's right out of Luke Cage, and that's what I loved about yeah. Luke Cage. You know, I wish there yeah. were more moments that I would have loved about Iron Fist like that. Yeah, fair yeah. Well, Drunken Master is my favorite kung fu movie of all time, so they did an homage to Drunken Master in Iron yeah, Fist, and that was the best episode. Yeah, that was the best episode yeah. of Iron Fist. <laughs> Definitely, it really was. When he fought the Drunken Master, that was the best part. I, I wanted more of that. I wish they would have gone more martial arts and less. I'm trying to relate to my viewers, and I want you to relate. To- no, fuck that. Just be a badass martial arts <laughs> lunatic, man. You know, and cut a swath through these people. Ugh. I'm okay. We're done all screaming. Harvey, right, guys. <laughs> guys. Thank you. You got us all worked up, Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you later. See you, buddy. All right, have a good one, guys. You do. That was a thick lathering we got this week. Man. It was a thick lathering. Look, we're way past time. Are yeah, we done? Cut it off. All we're right. done. Thank you to everybody that called in and upset us this week. That was great. I'm sweating. I'm seriously sweating. You know what? I feel like we did nothing but argue with people the entire it's great. episode. It's yeah, that's what we do every time. Like, okay, no, I hear uh, you. You're fucking wrong, but no. yeah, I hear you. <laughs> like, uh, a special thanks to uh, Lord Fungus's wife, who was watching from England this nice. whole time. Uh, Go to bed. It's late. Actually, no, they're only it's, six hours ahead. There, yeah, it's yeah, like it's not that bad. It's, it's not like, that late. It's dinner time over there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> finish your dinner. Uh, you know, sorry for those of you that uh, didn't make it. Uh, the phone lines were hopping today. I don't know tell what, what to tell you. Um, but nobody left a message when they couldn't get through. So I don't know what that's about. That's good. Fine. Just keep shooting, um, keep firing, assholes. That's our that's our motto here. <laughs> like, sorry, sorry if I uh, offended you. Uh, it's tea time. She said, "Yes, awesome. Oh, I wish I time. had some tea because my throat is killing me." I'm drinking coffee. It's coffee time uh, in Omaha. Sorry if like you love Will Wheaton and I should all love him. Yeah, we lost all our we pissed off all our Orca listeners, all our Will Wheaton listeners, all our Iron Fist fans. I'm I'm sorry, (laughs) legitimate Will Wheaton, because I know that you're a fan. I I didn't mean all those terrible things I said about you. I think he's a perfectly good guy, you know, and like kind of living the dream. If I could just be famous and a nerd for things that I did 60, 30 years ago, great. Do you want? All right, (laughs) this is why I don't like Will Wheaton because he treats his his nerd history like uh like it's baggage like he was on arguably one of the greatest science fiction shows ever made i get it he's also probably tired of hearing about it i don't give a fuck (laughs) i don't give a fuck listen to you no chris hardwick chris hardwick uh when will wheaton was on at midnight chris hardwick said shut up wesley (laughs) to will wheaton and will wheaton like seriously got bent out of shape about it i was like fuck you man you got to be on the bridge of the enterprise he also has to hear about it every day i don't give a shit at some point I don't care. What. I don't even, care. Even the limited amount of like recognition that I got, I got really sick of hearing about working with certain people and what they were like and shit like that. <laughs> look, like, all right, whatever. Sorry, rock star. <laughs> I've never said that. I said very limited. Okay? <laughs> all right. 
Thank you again like, to everybody we, we that We don't all get in. the chance to sleep on Christina Ricci's couch, okay? <laughs> Thank you to everybody that called in. Uh, this is a ton of fun. We'll be here next Saturday. You'll hear a cleaned up, sexy, edited version of this on the show. Right now, Joe Patrick and I have got to record a regular show, damn it. Yeah, I got birthday shenanigans yeah, to get to. I gotta go to freaking work. This but is ridiculous. Let's make it happen. All right, we're gonna tune out. Thanks again. Hope you dug it. Thanks to everybody that commented. Sorry to any of my family members that are uh, upset, but you should come to expect this shit from me by now. So, you know, eat it. <laughs> Excelsior! Oh. That is it for THN 457. If you dig comic podcasts featuring two adults getting all r- riled up, hackles standing fully erect, you can subscribe Whoa. to this show on iTunes. This is a this is an explicit podcast, podcast on iTunes. It is. But aren't you hackles? I'm fully erect. Yeah. Not your hungus, your hackles. Oh, <laughs> THN is a listener supported podcast, and we want to send a no. hackle size thanks to all a of hungus, our supporters. Hungus size. <laughs> especially our newest patron, Ryan Forrest, who does not understand the lawyer client relationship at all. Oh, please. We're supposed to pay him. If the Trump organization doesn't pay attention to it, why should he? You know, come on. <laughs> Thank you also to everyone that supports the show on PayPal and Patreon. Without you nerds, we wouldn't have been able to afford for the spider fluid we're using for hurricane preparations. Yeah, it's excellent for damming up caverns. Listen, it only lasts an hour. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I hadn't thought of that. Before we go, and we got to go pretty quick here, otherwise we're going to have a mess, our weekly shout-out goes to our friend of the show and comics therapy co-host, Andrea Shockling, who will be making her professional comics debut in the mine. Oh, okay, not the mine. Mine. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's mine. Right. Gotcha. A comics collection to benefit Planned Parenthood. Andrea will be illustrating a story by Mindy Newell, the first woman to ever write Wonder Woman? How really? cool is that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Mindy Newell, the first woman to ever write Wonder Woman in comics. Wow. Andrea is drawing a story that she wrote for That's this comic. That's kick ass. Yeah. Word to you, Andrea. The project is on Kickstarter now. We'll have a link to it in our show notes. Apparently, there's going to be a bunch of links in the show notes this week. Yeah, I hope I remember everything. So go check them out. If nothing else, we'll have them, you know, it, it'll be in the forums. You can go there and always find it there. Yeah. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might just web up your hungus. This is the Two-Headed Nerd. It's pretty good. Thanks. I was going to say go Hurricane Harvey on your collection. <laughs> that's, that's good, too. Signing off. Signing <laughs> off.